Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Reported? Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Are you concerned about prescription drug dependency to stay healthy? Are you worried that the cost and availability of your medications may put your health at risk? Perhaps it's time you consider a natural, safe, and effective way to deal with your health problems. If only you knew where to start. Start right here. Tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I am here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Tuesday, May 5th, 
2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. I just want to remind the listeners, uh, if you'd like to give us a call today, please, uh, we welcome your calls at one 566 3738 that's 855-566-3738 if you'd like to uh, ask us a question or if you have an opinion on the topics that we'll be discussing today please feel free to call call us we look forward to your calls and let's get right to the market report today we have gold up once again today and it was uh, briefly over 1200 we're currently at 1193 up four dollars and eighty cents. Silver's up fifteen cents at sixteen dollars and sixty-two. Platinum is down two dollars at eleven hundred and forty-nine. Palladium is up thirteen at seven hundred and ninety-seven dollars. The USDX today is trading lower, point three four at ninety-five point zero nine. Crude oil today is up one point five zero at sixty point. Four three, and the paper markets today. I didn't think the uh, the Dow was down 142 points, 17,927. You have the Nasdaq down 77 points at 49.39. The S&P 25 to the downside at 2,089. Ten-year yield 2.18 percent. The euro trading at 1.12. That was higher. Uh, in the markets today. In the European markets, Germany was down 2.5%, down 284 points. Hong Kong uh, was down uh, just, I, I believe, uh, uh, they took my numbers away at uh, 1.3% to the downside. And that looks uh, interesting to see oil so significantly higher. Um, just a lot of crazy things going on in the Middle East. Everybody's bombing everybody. Nobody knows. <laughs> you know, what a terrible place to be. I mean, I can't even, even imagine, Al, living in those conditions. And I'm sure their lifestyles are different than what they are here. So you can't make, you know, a, you know apple-to-apple apple comparison. But, uh, uh, um, you know, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, or are they just so used to it that it's just you another know, day? I can't talked imagine. talked about this before, but the Middle East... There was a time a few hundred years ago when the Muslim world was a source of great knowledge in terms of astronomy. They, they created algebra. Um, they were way ahead of much of what was happening in Europe. Huh? They were brilliant people. But well. today we seldom see books that are published out of the Middle East. The book's coming from the Muslim faith. And I believe the reason is, and this is not a small thing, and it goes to this issue of the violence that we see in the Middle East. They have sought to emulate Muhammad because Muhammad married his first cousin. And they've been doing this for several centuries. They said, oh, if Muhammad did it, then it's good for us too. And the net result is they have become inbred, according to two reports out of Europe, two studies, serious studies out of Europe. They're saying, look, these people are so inbred that they have a higher incidence of birth defects, mental illness, retardation, can't see in the dark. There are a bunch of problems that are associated with the Muslim faith. 
they have emulated by marrying their first cousin, which is prohibited on a Jewish based Christian. You just can't. We just don't do that in the in the cultures that have come up from Christianity and from the Jewish faith. You don't marry your first cousin. Muslims did. Point I'm making is, given those disabilities, the, their their predilection for violence in the Muslim world is not necessarily surprising. Yeah, but look at the violence in this country. Oh, we're we're sort of experiencing the same thing. Well, it depends um, on violence, where you want to point to it. Well, the violence in this country is rising. and uh, No, know, actually it's not. Crime rates are actually down in this country. Well, it depends um, on you get the reports. And well, it depends on what type of crime. We get more. We get no more news about it than the rest of that sort of thing. But um, all your cities will say the crime is down, but we know that's not true. It depends on how yeah, the actually, it's just it's like maybe. every just like every other report that this country gives. Or that well, it depends on where you're pointing to it. When you're talking about crime up, absolutely up in the African American community. But where else is it up? Well, maybe in the Mexican community, the illegal alien community. We may be able to point there. But it's still violence in this country. I get that, but and, you need, and, if you're going to look at causes, point, you need to separate things out and look at them and say, okay, this community is more violent than that community, and we need to come up with an explanation as to why that's so. And it may just be that poverty is more endemic in some communities than in others. Or it may be that some communities, you know, again, this Muslims thing, there is, this is not irrational or unreasonable. They have a problem. They have poverty also. Well, I understand that. But, I mean, poverty plus mental illness is not, Perhaps the same common denominator. Well, I don't doubt that poverty lies at the heart of much of the violence in this world. But the question is, is that poverty due to personal disabilities, or is that poverty due to oppression by others? And the answer may be both, maybe more one than the other, but we aren't going to solve any of these problems by refusing to look at them and diagnose them properly. So, anyway, um, I'm just saying the Middle East is crazy, and maybe it is crazy. You know, it seems crazy. My God, the people just keep shooting and blah, 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 blah. Is it only poverty or is it a predisposition to mental illness based on too much inbreeding? How long ago was that report? Oh, last year sometime. There were two of them that came out. I think the first one probably came out perhaps close to a year ago, and another one followed six months later, if I, if I recall correctly. But they were serious researchers. This wasn't just some, you know, uh, someone who just came out with an off, you know, a shoot-from-the-hip hypothesis. These people did studies and said, look, this is a problem. And it's extremely it's extraordinary information because it refutes the idea that the Muslim faith is valid. If God is Allah, if he is Allah, why has he subjected his people to the effects of inbreeding? It's good evidence that the faith is false. And the Muslims have effectively been cursed by their determination to emulate Muhammad and marry their first cousins. As a people, not all of them, 
That's not what I'm saying, and I'm certainly not saying that everybody who's Muslim is is mentally ill. But I am saying that they are apparently, according to the reports, there's a disproportionate number of people who suffer from that problem. So, I think it's the sort of thing that you might want to bring to people's attention. I think I'm going to become a Muslim. Really? Is that what you want? So are you sure? I mean, it's the sort of thing that needs to be considered. If you want to be a Muslim, be a Muslim. That's your business. But at least know what the problems are going in. Before you make that decision, you make that change, do a little research on your own and see if these are legitimate problems, see if the information you believe the danger is real. And if it is, then, huh, I don't know. Is that a real faith? True faith? Or is it some sort of an illusion? Well, let's go ahead and move on to, uh, let's talk about uh, retirement and um, Medicare and Social Security. Well, what have we got here? It's it's Lindsey Graham. Uh, Lindsey Graham has announced that he's running for president or he's probably running for president. He says there's a 92.5% probability that he's running for president, even if he's still back out of it. But one of the things he plans to do is deliver the bad news to the people, the American people, and tell them, look, we've got to do something to make Social Security and Medicare keep working. And he's doing this despite conventional political wisdom warns that you don't get elected by telling people bad news. Why would that, pump sunshine. Why would anybody want to vote for somebody who says he's ninety two and a half percent sure? <laughs> that's not Well, I'm ninety two and a half I'm I'm ninety two and a half percent sure that I probably won't vote for him, Melody. <laughs> yeah. no, that's I wouldn't think that's a great way to enter into a, a presidential campaign. Well, I'm ninety two and a half percent sure. Okay. Yeah, just get off Well, the, you're a good strong <laughs> Yeah. Get off the fence. Either you get in or get out. You know, this isn't Greece. You can't drag it on forever. Just are you in? Are you going to run? Or are you not going to run? Whatever. What, what is, yeah, that's yeah. who I want for president. Yeah, exactly. All right, go ahead, Al. Did All you? right. Well, in any case, he's warning that the system will fail, and he's advocating that we go back to the Simpson-Bowles Commission, which in 2010 issued a well-regarded bipartisan report on how to solve all the big problems related to taxes and spending. Commission leaders Alan Simpson and Erskine Bowl released an updated version in 2013. The reports were widely praised <laughs> and then buried. All right, it was a great idea, but we ain't doing it. Graham wants to dust off Simpson Bowles and use it as a template for straightening out Washington's finances, which rely too heavily on borrowing. All right, don't want any more borrowing. Resulting in a national debt that is now that now exceeds 18 trillion. In fact, John Williams, I've said this uh, probably three times a week for the past year. I don't know, twice, once a week at least, maybe twice. John Williams says the, he calculates the national debt is closer to 100 trillion, and uh, Congressional Budget Office and economist Lawrence Kotlikoff have agreed that the real debt, including unfunded liabilities, is over $200 trillion. All right. So the idea that we have 
only an $18 trillion national debt is suspect. Never, uh, nevertheless, uh, their, Graham is complaining that we have an $18 trillion federal debt. And so here's a list of some of the recommendations in the Simpson-Bowles report. Number one, require wealthier seniors to pay a larger share of their Medicare benefits. Not unreasonable, but nobody's going to like it. Seniors aren't going to like paying a, a larger share. If we only do it to the wealthier seniors, we can get away with it, but they aren't going to like it. Raise number two, raise eligibility age for Medicare from 65 to 67. Again, we're going to have people that are going to object to that. Um, we may be able to get away with it, but there are going to be people that are going to object to it. And cut back on fees paid to health care providers. Oh, well, the health care providers, there it is. Uh-uh. You've got to give us our money. You gotta take the, if you're going to cut costs, you've got to cut someplace else. Not, not for us. We need that money. Um, number three, raise the eligibility age for Social Security. Lower the annual cost of living increases and raise the portion of every worker's income subject to Social Security tax withholding. Uh, All they're doing is you won't get Social Security until later in life. You're going to have to pay more to get Social Security in the first place. And who's going to cheer for that? Number four, replace current income tax brackets with three new brackets, 12%, 22%, 28%. Tax investment income, the same as labor income. Again, going to be tough to get people to support this just because there will be special interests that are saying heck no i don't want any part of that that's not good for me you know i'm in favor of a lot of this it's good it's bad for the rest of them and it doesn't hurt me but the part that hurts me i can't support that well they go through and they have more they have more on the list and the point is there are so many special interests that are adversely affected by the recommendations in the simpson bowles report that it becomes very unlikely that we are going to implement Simpson-Bowles until one way or another this economy has nearly collapsed. It, American history, recent American history, indicates that the American people are so addicted to government benefits and government subsidies and government exemptions and whatever that we're just not going to give up any of that. Um, we're going to hang on to whatever suits our special interest, and uh, we're not going to elect Senator Graham to be the Republican nominee for president if he's going to come out and give us bad news. Now, it may be that Simpson-Bowles' proposals, they may be brilliant, necessary, and even inevitable, but they are proposals that ultimately offend just about everyone one way or another, and that just doesn't sound like a formula for getting anything done in in Congress today. You got to have somebody who's going to say, "Yeah, that's a good idea," and I doubt that you're going to find that by advocating the, the Simpson Bowles recommendations. And on top of that, why are we having the problem with Social Security? In large part because of government mismanagement. This isn't a problem where people didn't pay in enough. You paid in enough if money had been invested properly. I've talked, I've mentioned this in the past, but my my stepdad 
back when I was back in 1958-59 I remember this and it stuck in my mind for years never knew why it just did but he explained to me back then he said you know if you took the money that you were required to deposit into Social Security and you put it in the bank from you started at 18 and you continued to do it throughout your working career um, it was his understanding and he you know he 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 received his information from somebody, I don't know who, who read it. Uh, I don't remember the source. I was just a kid when he was explaining it to me. But he was explaining that you would have a million dollars when it was time for you to retire. With compounding and compounding and so on, you'd have that. You don't have a million dollars right now when you're going to retire on Social Security. You got a 1000 to $1,300 a month. That's what you got. All right? You could have had a cool million if government had been responsible, but they said, forget the responsibility. The Social Security, you've made the contribution, and government is going to spend it right now. And we'll put an IOU in the Social Security vault. But we're not going to leave the money there for you. We'll get it from future taxpayers. Well, they've made just huge miscalculations. It was mismanaged. They promised that if you made the contribution, they'd guarantee you'd have money for your old age and so on. Well, you weren't going to have that much money. You're not going to have as much as was promised. And people reasonably can ask, you know, I paid mine. Why aren't I getting what I was, at least what I was promised? And... Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham, was coming out, and he said, well, we have to cut back on this. We have to raise taxes on the people that are still paying, and we have to cut back on the benefits for people that are getting ready to retire in order to make the system work. And the truth is, if they'd made the system work all along by investing the money rather than spending it, we wouldn't have to go through this. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Cedars from Financial Survival, and it's time for us to take commercials, Melody. Well, I wanted to say something. Well, you can say something when we come back. All right. Mm. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. (laughs) 
Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. Uh, what's next, Melody? Well, I want to remind the listeners we're going to carry through the special from yesterday. And uh, these are actually prices based on Friday's numbers. Gold and silver are up the past two days, so this really is a great special. 21-ounce silver eagles plus one-tenth of an ounce gold eagle. $538, and if you add a Mint State 64, $20 St. Gaudens to the order, it brings it up to our special $2,015. So you can buy either or. You can buy the $538 special. You can add uh, the Mint State 64, $20 St. Gaudens for $2,015. Give us a call at one 800 375 4188. That's 1 800 375 4188. And I just want to remind listeners yesterday I did a comparison on some of the online sellers and uh, our prices, uh, you know, 99% of the time were lower. And uh, we were pretty much all the same on, on Gold Eagles, you know, depending on whatever day and whoever runs specials and so forth. I just want to remind you does anybody remember Tolving in California? How many million? Of dollars did he end up costing those who trusted him, people who thought that they could get product at below wholesale, or that there wasn't any other dealer in the country that could match their price. There's reasons. There's reasons for that. And uh, so I ask you, are you ready to send your money to, to folks who sell you product at below wholesale? I mean, you're just asking for trouble. 
There's well, reasons. Well, the person doesn't know how to determine wholesale. Oh, trust me, to- those who know, those who a lot don't. But I'll guarantee you, a lot who know that the, the, the price is that significantly lower have already shopped around. Mm-hmm. And so, no, a large volume of folks know. And uh, well, so the point you, know, you just have to be some careful. Some people have some extraordinary sales, but when they're doing that, it's evidence that they are cash poor and they are willing to essentially give away product in order to generate enough income to pay the rent and pay the phone bills and so on. Uh, they need cash flow and therefore they are prepared to sell at almost amazingly low prices. They're going to take losses in order to, because they have to have cash. Well, what, what am I signals that you, it's the business it's for business to be healthy and stay in business. You got to be able to make enough money to continue to, to continue to get by. You don't have to be greedy, but you can't just be giving product away. You know, I sent uh, David Krieger. He, he's been on this program a couple of times, and I, I sent him a little note. And what do you think of these guys, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you know, he says, it seems every one of these slick operators who sell cheap end up going out of business and taking someone else's money with them. Mm-hmm. Or they spend, they, they, they spend that money on wine, women, and song. <laughs> And and that's, you know, we don't know what the reasons, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, but we also know history has a tendency to repeat itself when it comes to anyone, no matter what business that you're in. If you're selling it below market, um, be careful. Well, you can't. Be careful. Uh, you can't do that for long. It's you like can't do it. I mean, it's Cadillac that simple. For $10, Not like our government. An automobile. Something's wrong here. Either the cars are hot or I'm not going to be able to deliver. It's a Ponzi scheme. Something is strange going on. This is the same idea. You mentioned that you were looking into, I don't think, I don't know that you want to make mention of the name of the business, but at least one of them you were calling up and you, you wanted to see what your competitors were doing and asked, who are you guys? And you couldn't get an answer. They wouldn't tell you who they were. I didn't call them specifically, but on their website, I tried oh. to find their names. They, 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 you know, contact us and who we are. But when you look under who we are, I couldn't find any names or anything like that. So, well, it's another and they've one. been around and they're very popular. They're very, it's very popular. But let's get back to Social Security. You know, I've got a second article on. I social just wanted to say this before. This is what I wanted to say prior to the break, is. You know, everybody always blames like it's the baby boomers' fault for getting old and they're going into the program because there's so many of us and we're going to destroy the system. No, the system is destroyed by poor management and and by going in there and stealing the funds out of there. And they always talk about Social Security and Medicare, but no one ever talks about Medicaid. Do you ever hear anyone ever talking about reforming Medicaid or cutting those programs. And, of course, Medicaid is a social health care program for families and individuals with low income and limited resources. But you never hear about Medicaid. It's always Social Security and it's always Medicare that affects the majority of, of senior citizens. So. Anyway. Another article here that touches on Social Security. This is from Market Watch. Three out of four retirees receiving reduced Social Security benefits. Three out of four receiving reduced Social Security benefits. That's the headline. 
Growing numbers of workers expect to rely heavily on Social Security as a major source of income in retirement, but almost three-quarters of current retirees are receiving reduced benefits. This is according to a new report, Gallup survey. And they said uh, what it comes down to, the best way to maximize Social Security is to delay claiming benefits until full retirement age which is climbing gradually to 67 or beyond. A person due to receive a benefit of $1,000 at full retirement age of 66 would receive only $750 again per month at age 62. So if you sign up for Social Security age 62, you get $750 a month. If you sign up at 66, you get 1000 a month. The earliest age at which the, the, the 62 is the earliest age most people can claim. And if you wait until you're 70 to sign up, you can get $1,320 per month. All right? So they're just saying, look, the math is here that you can get more if you will be patient and you wait a little while to fill in your application. But they go on and say that math isn't stopping many workers from claiming benefits early. All right? Social Security is structured to say you get the most if you wait, you take the benefits late, but people are taking the benefits early. And as a result, 73% were receiving benefits, reduced benefits, because of entitlement prior to full retirement age. This is interesting. It's not an indictment of the Social Security system. These are just rules. But it does indicate something about people in this country. Three out of four Americans are either so wore out they can't continue working after age 62, or they're so fed up with their jobs that they can't stand working beyond age 62, or they've been retired, they've been fired, and they can't get a job at age 62, and therefore they have to accept the lower Social Security rate of $750 per month. A lot of them are being bought out by their corporations to retire early. And I think, too, Al, once you get to 62, maybe 65, maybe you think, well, maybe I'm not going to live to 70. So you, I think your, your, your thought process changes also. I'm sure it does. And I've, I've had people who, I mean, they have nice pensions with, you know, some, some large corporation or something, which always makes a difference, too. And they figure it out, well, you know, we actually, what do we lose if we figure it out? Uh, if we wait till we're 70, but we take it now, they really don't lose that much considering they're, 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 they're taking the funds for how many years? Eight years. So you figure that up, and then you figure out how much longer you're going to live past 70. You know, it, it kind of washes itself out. I understand that there's, but my, my point is just that it indicates people are under a lot of financial stress. Absolutely. Uh, financial stress, you know, psychological stress. They just can't stand working in that cubicle another day. Or maybe they just can't get a job. My question is, if you don't have, we've talked about this how many times on this program, the amount of savings that people have, who can live. Or I know lots of people do. Lots of people do. I know lots of people who live at a, on $1,000 at full retirement age of 66 or $750 if you don't have any savings. Difficult. 
I know it's difficult. It's it's one of those things. It's again, this is one of those situations that just indicates the system is fragmenting. It's disintegrating, Mm -hmm. and the promises that were made that the government's going to take care of you. You give us money now, okay, and then we'll see that you get money when you retire. Well, you can see where that's going. Those promises are not being kept, not to the extent that they should have been. We're dealing with mismanagement. And we could say it's mismanagement, but it's not just mismanagement. Government intends to get your money and use it for the greater glory of the government. And they've run Social Security for a long time, and the government has profited from it for a considerable period of time. And now it's becoming time to pay off. And government saying, wait a second, we, 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 we can't afford to pay that off right now. We're going to have to cut your benefits and raise taxes on the rest of them who can't yet collect Social Security. And it was like Melody said earlier in the program. The problem here is not simply that the system was defective as originally designed. The problem is the government has simply exploited the system. It's been mismanaged by your congressman, your senator. They're gonna, they've got their pensions, and their pensions are going to make your little Social Security look like chump change. They can feed that. What you get for Social Security, they can spend on their dog and keeping their dog through their golden years. Um, I'm exaggerating, but you get the idea. Uh, so what are you going to do? I'm not, I'm not sure, but the part that's unfair about this is that government made the promises and people who have contributed and played by the rules are going to wind up having to do, having to survive in their retirement with less. That's all. Government promised X amount of dollars for you. It turns out now you're not going to get that because they can't afford to keep their promise. This is part and parcel of an argument I've been making for probably five years. And it was after I first read John Williams and realized that the debt, the national debt, is much larger than the government admits. And I advocated the idea repeatedly that what can't be paid won't be paid, which seems obvious if you, I mean, just uh, what, that's no big insight. That seems obvious. But the, the point is we are so deep in debt that we are not going to be able to pay all the debts. And that includes the benefits that are due to retirees, Social Security retirees. And it includes benefits that are due to welfare recipients and the subsidies that are due to farmers and corporations and whatever. We've come to depend on government. It was easy money. It was free money. We took it and we liked it. And that's just human to do that, but... It's just as, in the same sense that it's just natural for a fish to bite at a bug in the water, all right? Except maybe the bug is a fly on the end of a line, and next thing you know, you're hooked. We've behaved irresponsibly. The, we're so deep in debt, we can't pay all the debts. And the danger of that, from my perspective, is not just sit back and say, oh my gosh, the debts aren't going to be paid. You have to look at it and realize for every debt, all right, for every for every man who owes a thousand dollars, there's another man who's holding a piece of paper says who's treating that piece of paper as an asset. 
and say, I've got a, I've got a thousand dollar debt instrument here, and that means I'm worth a thousand dollars. And if I get a hundred of them, I have a hundred thousand dollars. My net worth is a hundred thousand dollars. And what I'm saying is, if the debts are substantially repudiated, we can bet that the the correlative assets are also going to be repudiated. And there's the great danger. If we only could wipe out the debt, it wouldn't be a problem. Oh, it might be. It may be a kind of problem, but it wouldn't be as significant as we're going to wipe out paper assets. And all of a sudden, there isn't, nobody's going to have enough money to go out and pay for a new school or a new shopping center or a new business, a new car. The paper assets will disappear along with the debt. We are getting to that point, and Lindsey Graham talked about him earlier in the program, him coming out and saying, look, we've got to do something about Social Security. It's just a way of saying the government knows we are getting to the point where what can't be paid won't be paid. It may be that Mr. Graham's or Senator Graham's concerns about Social Security it may be that they're premature in the sense that we won't do anything significant to Social Security until the last possible moment, which could be if we can leave government estimates 15, 20 years from now. All right? And that's probably what will happen. But there's also a high probability that if government says Social Security is going to go broke in 20 years, I'm willing to bet you that it's going to go broke within five to ten years. I could be wrong, but I don't trust the government's numbers. I don't trust their projections. They say, oh, we're good for another 20 years, and then the whole thing will dissolve. I think we're good for maybe five, ten at the max. It would be my guess. That's all it is is a guess, but still, that's my guess. Uh, We are at that moment when what can't be paid won't be paid and it's going to be trouble for all of us let's take some commercials melody and i will be back on financial survival in just a moment please stay tuned Time herb provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for Time Tincture NT to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 
Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Uh, we've got an article here on Hillary, Hillary Clinton, of course. And this was in the Washington Times. Top Dem money man departs because Clinton hasn't answered ethics questions. Uh, a top Democratic money man recruited by Hillary Rodham Clinton's presidential campaign, has put fundraising activities on hold, saying he can't do it with a clear conscience because the former Secretary of State has too many unanswered questions swirling around her. We're talking about New York businessman John Cooper, who Team Clinton enlisted for its elite core of early fundraisers known as Hill Starters. Now, uh, this to me is, you know, a small article, and it, all it says essentially is that Hillary can't even hang on to her own fundraisers. There are questions about her behavior at Benghazi. There are questions about email, having their own private server. All right, that she supposed that that the information on those emails should have been made available in government records, and instead it's been apparently destroyed, where no one can find what was in those email. Um, there are questions about Hillary's character. There's questions about her competence. You know, what we can't doubt is her determination to be president of the United States. I don't know that anyone has ever wanted to be president more than Hillary. Huh? It may be, but she has a level of determination. But is it determination or is it obsession? I don't think that she's ultimately, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm not a supporter. And just doing this, reading this one article, again, a top Democrat money man departs. That's the sort of thing. I think that Hillary's campaign will fizzle. I don't think, I'm inclined to believe that Hillary will be out of the race before the Democratic primary is held. Or at least before the Democratic nominating convention is held. She's going to drop out during the primaries, maybe even before the primaries, I suspect. Can I prove it? Nope. 
I'm only guessing. That's all I have. But it's not going to surprise me. She's got a bunch of things that just don't, just doesn't work for me, and I don't think it will work for most people. And I've said for how long she wouldn't be a con- you know a, a contender. You know she's got just got too much baggage. Nobody mm-hmm. even wants to be around her. And there's also I believe the elite don't want her in there because uh, I mean even as much as she is one of them, I mean a lot of the stuff, her emails and so forth, even though they have disappeared to some degree, um, they you know they were released and uh, um, so it, it's. Yeah, she's another distraction, and I believe O'Malley is going to be the Democratic nominee. Well, we'll see. There's time for other Democrats to jump in on this. But even Bill Clinton is not going to actively help her. I've seen an article about Bill back oh, a week or ten days ago. Well, he can't. He he's going to be in the background. Yeah, he's background advisor, but he says, I'm not a good campaigner anymore. I'm not angry about anything. I just want to be around my grandchild and enjoy that. Yeah, well, you know, look at his foundation. There's so much heat there. He, he'd be terrible for her campaign, well, even if her campaign survived. You know, he, he's but again, too busy. It's just you know, the rats are leaving a bunch of thinking ship. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah true. Hey, Al, here I have an article. A 16-year-old um, are allowed to vote in Hyattsville, Maryland. Uh, 16-year-old voters headed to the polls today for a historic election, the first since the town changed its minimum voting age. The teams went to the polls to vote for elected offices in the city, including the mayor and 10 council members. The minimum voting age was changed earlier this year after a public hearing and a city council vote. Hyattsville is the second city in the country to lower the voting age to 16 after Tacoma Park did so two years ago. Yay or nay? I think it's interesting. It's kind of amusing. I don't know whether it's good or bad. It's sort of thing where we might be able to have the high school council could become the city council. You know, we could get more bang for the buck or whatever, have one councilman serving two purposes, one for the city and one for the high school. Hard to say. I think, uh, if anything, if I were going to change ages, I think I would increase the age you know, you only have to be 35 years old to be president. I don't think anybody knows enough at that age. And I wouldn't have agreed with that when I was that age. You, you know, I get that. And here I am, senior citizen. And so it's not surprising that I might think that we should have a higher age. You know, they set the ages. You could be 25 to be a congressman, 30 to be a senator, and 35 to be a president. In the in the Constitution, if I recall correctly, I think that's correct. I don't have it here in front of me, but I believe well, that's those, correct. Yeah, in those days, you were dead by 50. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Average, that's right. Average life expectancy was 50 years old. Those numbers weren't, those, those ages were not unreasonable 200 years ago. Today, I think they are. And I think well, there's a big problem where we elect congressmen and congresswomen based on their on their appearance, which is to say, typically on their youth. We see that more than we should. We get that rather than character. We might be better off if we added five or ten years to each. Can't be a house. Can't be in the House of Representatives until you're 30, maybe 35. Can't be a senator until you're 40, maybe 45. Can't be president. 
until you're 50 years old. You know, the world is more complex. It takes time for people to understand it. It takes time for people to generate a sense of values for themselves and a sense of ethics. And they say, these are lines. I see these lines, and I'm not going to cross these lines. Those lines aren't clear to younger people. And in fact, it's not just clear. It's not just that they're that the lines aren't clear when you're younger. Insofar as you can see the lines, they become a challenge to jump over them. You get older and say, no, I think I can play by the rules. All right. I would argue if we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about ages, you're going to let 16-year-old kids vote. I don't have, I don't know. I I think it's I think a little it's bit a silly. I think it's silly on one level. But on the on the flip side of that coin, we're going to change ages. Let's increase the age you need to be to run for political office. I think it's silly at this point in time because you only have two locations that have changed the age. However, if it became a trend and you see more and more 16-year-olds voting, no. You know, I'm talking, you know, way down the road. But, I don't uh, even know. I know. think I did an article that I just post a little article on my blog today about robots and pointing out, you know, I started out by talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and the, the Terminator movie from back 1984, if I recall correctly. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was a cool movie, but I never expected to see any of those Terminator style robots in my lifetime. I thought this was down the road, if ever, but in fact, we're getting very close to them. Right. If they're not, if they don't already exist, we're getting to a point where, in my opinion, we might see Terminator-type robots. They might be available for making war, or performing police activities, or whatever. They might be available in as little as three years. They're making some extraordinary. Well, the point is that in the 31 years. I think it's 31 since 1984. Um, The world has changed so much more rapidly than I thought it would. And you look out the door, you look at videos, you see what's going on, you say, oh my God, it's changing faster and faster and faster. I don't know how many people are going to be able to keep up with the change. You know, things are happening. This goes a little bit to the idea of how young can you be? You know, in fact, if I, how young should you be to be able to run for public office? Maybe you need to be older just to have a better grasp of what's happening and things are changing so rapidly. I'm not sure that the youth is prepared to deal with the problems. They think they are, of course. When I was a kid, what couldn't I do? You know, you knew. Mm-hmm. I can do it all, you know. You get older and you realize, no, maybe I can't. And maybe I never could. I thought I could, but maybe that was never true. You need that, in my opinion, to hold high public office. And maybe age gives you a way of dealing with the changes. Not only dealing with the changes, but remembering what to try to preserve despite the technological changes. Complex business. In fact, when I think about it, maybe instead of allowing 16-year-old kids to vote, Maybe we shouldn't allow anybody to vote until they're 25 or at least 21. 
Maybe we should raise the voting age and raise the age for politicians. I don't think it would necessarily, I don't expect that to happen, but I don't think it would necessarily be a bad idea. The world certainly is changing. And, and rapidly, and accelerating, well, accelerating. It's combining. It's, it's, um, and not all the changes are, are good. I mean, that's the problem. I understand that. And, and that's the difficult part to understand. You have all these changes, but yet I fail to see the positive in so many. Sure, yeah, okay, so you can watch your, your parents in their home without having to visit them to see if they're going to fall down and break their ankle. You know, your home is monitored with sensors. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, apps being created. So, you know, the passenger on the airline, if, if he has a rapid heartbeat or he's sick, you can monitor him. It's all about monitoring. And, you know, and you, could, you could say these things are all good and fine. But yet, are they? Well, it's just like the robots. Yeah. I had two articles, one from, uh, one from the Japanese Times, and that was the one that ended. Another one from Misha's uh, Global Trend Economic Forecast, or whatever. I can't remember the precise name, but Ms. Shedlock's work. He's talking about robots. They just did a survey, and they did a study in Germany where they calculated that it, what two-thirds of German workers would be replaced by robots, but they said it would be in uh, several decades. Well, several decades to me is 30 to 50 years. I'm not worried about 30 to 50 years from now. But we had another one from the Japanese Times, and they're pointing out that China bought, I don't remember, 25% of the robots that were manufactured in the world this last year. And they f intend to fully, they intend that 80% of their industries, their biggest industries, are going to be robotized within five years, by 2020. All right? What that means is that robots are not just cheaper than American labor, they're cheaper than Chinese labor. China was built on cheap labor in the last 20 years. And all of a sudden, the robots are going to be replacing 80% of the industrial workers in China within the next five years. The next five years, what is China going to do when 80% of the people working in their industry don't have jobs? How are they going to deal with that? And how are we going to deal with it in this country when we have to, when we have to face up the fact that the these robots are not just cheaper than 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 American workers. They're cheaper than Chinese workers, which means these things are economically irresistible. And in a sense, we are already entering into a war with robots. They're not coming to shoot at us or the kind of fight we saw in the Terminator, but what we are seeing, they're taking our jobs. And five years, 80% in China. What is it going to be in this country? How are we really going to reduce unemployment rates in this country if we have more and more robots coming in? And they will if they're that cheap. It's cheaper than imported labor. These robots in the end are probably cheaper than illegal aliens. You don't have to worry about losing your job to an illegal alien. You may have to worry about losing your job to a robot, however.
And what are we going to do if 80% of the industrial workers in this country, and it'll be a big chunk of all the workers in this country, lose their jobs to robots? What's going to happen when many of us no longer have jobs? We are no longer competitive. We are no longer productive. And that means, maybe it means we're no longer necessary. And we see that happening, and we see the other technological changes that are happening, and you can imagine that the world is going to change dramatically. Not a little bit. We're not going to ease into it. There are changes that are taking place right now, as I'm speaking, that are so enormous. We don't even know what they are right now, but they're taking place right now. They may not impact us for another 18, 24 months. I don't know when the, when the stuff hits the fan, but the world is changing so fast. How do you protect yourself? You need to think about it and come to the best conclusion you possibly can. We're out of time, folks. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. will be back tomorrow in the meantime. The good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. prescription drug dependency to stay healthy? Are you worried that the cost and availability of your medications may put your health at risk? Perhaps it's time you consider a natural, safe, and effective way to deal with your health problems. If only you knew where to start. Start right here. Tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 5th of May, 2015. It's Tuesday. It's about eight and a half minutes after 2 p.m. If that's all true where you're at, we are, in fact, live. You can call in 855-566-3738. And, uh... Just to let you know, uh, things are looking like that number is going to end up changing because I am having, I don't know how many of you out there have ever tried to port a number, meaning you changed carriers and you want to keep your number. Uh, They are making it very difficult. And... uh, you know, the fact is companies don't like losing customers, so they figure they'll make it as difficult as possible. But you know what? That's really not doing any good because at the end of the day when this is all over, I am going to uh I'm going to tell you exactly who this carrier is and uh exactly my experience with them. And it isn't going to be good. Okay? It isn't going to be good at all. You know the old saying, hey, a satisfied customer might tell two or three people, but a dissatisfied customer tells everybody. Well, and that's what I'm doing, you know. Anyway. So, we may have to have a new 800 number, which, you know, there will be some overlap where they'll both work. But, you know, I, I just, you know, <laughs> sorry, you know, I have to I have to weigh convenience with hassle. And at this point, the hassle far outweighs any convenience. Okay? Anyway, so here we are. But it's working, and you can call in. You can also participate from the website, theamericanvoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Look for the chat link, click on it, and you'll be in there. It's very easy. Okay? Anyway. Oh, yes. Yahoo Instant Messenger. If you have Yahoo Instant Messenger, the screen name is AVRN Talk. Okay? And that will go directly to me. I'll see it, and you can participate that way, too. So, there you go. Let's see, where do we start? Um, Let's start with the lynch mob, okay? Yes. Formerly known as the Justice Department, now the lynch mob. New U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch on Tuesday met with Baltimore officials and the family of a 25-year-old black man killed by police last month and vowed to help the city pursue police reform. The meeting in Baltimore came the week after the city's top prosecutor brought criminal charges against the six officers involved in the April 12th arrest of Freddie Gray who suffered a spinal injury that led to his death a week later. Now, a couple of points that aren't being, you know, uh, put out everywhere is the fact that that this uh, top prosecutor 
in Baltimore is a girl who used to be an insurance attorney. That's right. She worked for an insurance company as a lawyer. Get a lot of murder going on at the insurance company? I don't think so. In other words, she's young, she's inexperienced, okay? And uh, she's jumping to a lot of conclusions. Because, yes, the coroner said this is a homicide. But guess what? Homicide's not always murder. Homicide means a homo sapien is dead. That's what homicide means. Or, you know, I mean, that's really what it means. Homicide. This is why they call them homicide detectives. Because a homo sapien is dead. We need to investigate why. How? Is this murder? Was this an accident? Is this a medical condition? Was this natural causes? We need to investigate the homicide. Because if homicide meant murder, well, you know. So just because a coroner says it's homicide doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it's murder. Now, it is Tuesday, and I'm going to get Al on here in a second, and if I can just get it together here for a minute. And we'll get Al on here. But I just want to make the point that, look, Freddie Gray, I don't think he should have been even arrested. Okay, I don't think Freddie Gray should have been arrested because all he did was look at the cops and run away. Now, once they did chase him down, they found a knife on him. Freddie Gray was a, you know, serial criminal. Not, I, you know, I'm not going to say he was violent or anything like that. I'm just saying he was a known criminal to the police. He looked at them and ran away. Uh, that doesn't justify chasing him down and arresting him. It certainly doesn't justify causing him to die. But this is not an innocent little boy, no more than Trayvon Martin was an innocent little boy. You know, and yeah, maybe the police do need to be held accountable. I'll go for that anytime. But I don't know about murder, and uh, it might turn out they did murder him. It might turn out they didn't. But you see, this prosecutor, this little girl prosecutor that just started her job like six months ago coming from an insurance company being an attorney at the insurance company i'm sorry i don't have a lot of faith in that welcome al yes yes we had another false flag in baltimore and yeah, uh, i had to i had various, to, i various had to talk trying about his it very hardest yes Barry is trying his very hardest to uh get the race going the race riots going well, they it's, it's even worse than that al because you know that's why i had to get into this uh, to begin with because this is being spun, and now the lynch mob, headed by Loretta Lynch, is now in yeah. Baltimore saying, oh, we want to reform your police force. And Al Sharpton's out there saying, oh, we need to disband all the police in all the, the whole country and get a federal yeah, he police wants a force. national Gestapo like Barry. Remember Barry wanted his national exactly. Gestapo? Yeah. Exactly. It's well, you all, know what? They can both go to jail. Frank. It's all both working together, Al, and they're using oh. this to try to push that. 
No, there's no question about it, Frank. There's going to be more. And by the way, there was somebody else shot. There was another kid shot in Baltimore yesterday, I believe. Another one. I well, don't know if you saw that or not. Well, there was I, another I black con- kid shot. I saw conflicting reports on that. I saw that, and then I saw something saying, no, no, no. There was nobody shot, even though it was said on Twitter that there was uh, multiple shots and this and that. There was nobody shot, so I don't know yeah, what happened. Well, they're trying to confuse the public, Frank. You know, just like, uh, what was that movie? I think it was the... Um the one with Frank Sinatra, uh, you know which one, the one during the 60s. Oh, I can't think of the name. Oh. Mm. You know where the guy uh, ends up killing the presidential candidate? Oh, the... Um, Manchurian oh. Candidate? Manchurian Candidate, yeah. He told him one thing, and then he said another, and then he said a third thing. And, you know, it's confused the public, Frank, isn't it? Well, and it hope is. That they're, and, and, and hope that they don't know what the real truth is. You know, the thing is, this this... Prosec- the head prosecutor, you know, what, this Mosby girl, this yeah, Mosby lady. I'm telling you, like- man, Baltimore's got a real problem. If this is their head prosecutor, she she's only been on the job like six or eight months. She has no experience in criminal prosecution. Or did crimin- she even send out any investigators to do anything before she opened her mouth? Is nope. a good question. No, she just. Oh, went she on- didn't even do any investigation no, or not? Huh? She just not yet. She went on media reports that the coroner ruled it a homicide. Hmm. Well, homicide means there is a dead Homo sapien. Yeah. It doesn't mean murder. Okay. That's well. See, I always thought homicide was murder. You, nope. you sort of clarified it there, nope. Frank. You've... Murder is a subset of homicide. Okay, but, now that's interesting because I never knew that, man. But Frank. so that's could an accident. Pretty... An accident can be ruled a homicide. You know, hmm. any you know, a homicide is okay. Homo sapien, homa, okay, side, mm-hmm. dead, mm-hmm. homicide, dead, homo sapien. That's all it means. There's a dead, dead homo sapien. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. There's a dead person here. There's one thing we know for sure. The person's dead. Whether it's a murder or not, we don't know. Is what well, you're and then we have saying. to determine what happened. Is it a murder? Is it a, an accident? Accident? You know, is it a, 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 was it a health condition? Was it, you know, whatever. You know, this is why they have detect, homicide detectives. Okay, there's a dead body. Let's find out why. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, oh, there's a dead body. Let's put somebody in jail. Well, just because there's a dead body doesn't mean somebody should go to jail. That's right. You know, I mean, but <laughs> this woman's just going by homicide. Blah, 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 blah. Murder, murder, murder. Well, no, that's you not know, what uh, I think you she's pandering possibly to the black community because if she said it was an accident or something, uh, the, the, the would, it's going to get worse, Frank. You know there's going to be more riots. There's no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it. There's yeah. going to be more riots before uh, football season in the well, fall. I don't yes, really care. Are. I don't care if they burn Baltimore to the ground. I hope they move to Washington, D.C. when they're done I wish there. they would burn D.C. to the ground, and then all our troubles are over. With the with the prostitutes in the whorehouse there. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be any good if they weren't there. Oh, yeah. Now, uh... Oh, and our friend Barry is traveling again. Barry's gone again somewhere else now. He got in his, his uh, you know, his expensive airline and went somewhere else, gave a speech or something, I think up in New York or somewhere. Oh, great. Now, Barry needs to stop using the plane. That's not Barry's private plane. He thinks it's his own private airline, but Barry's got to stop using it. Well, and it. so does his wife. And his wife, too. Yeah, you know, his wife, absolutely. Michael. Oh, but your your favorite uh, preacher religious nut, uh, Huckster B, has just put his hat in the ring now. Oh, great. 
I know you love Huckster Beast oh, so much, Frank. I can't stand him. He, you know, he, he presents himself as this, uh, oh, I'm a Christian preacher guy. And, uh, you know, yeah. if that was true, Frankly, that'd be fine. But, you know, this is also the guy who, when he left the Arkansas governor's mansion, he burned every hard drive they had. Oh, he and Hitlery ought to get in uh, in, in you know? bed together. Him and Hitlery. Right? So what does Mister Mister Righteousness? Why would he do something? What has like he got that? to hide? Huh? Well, apparently a lot because they didn't just lose emails. They burned every hard drive. You mean every piece of data every, that were on those? Drives. Yeah, that's right, man. Every hard drive. Well, the then old Huckster B. You know, he needs office. to be in jail. He and the Hitlery can be jail cellmates or something like that, man. You know, this maybe is the because... this is something that never comes up about him. You well, know. somebody needs to talk about it, and uh, Hitlery still needs to go to jail. She's going to testify in front of Congress, and let's see if they throw her softballs or not, which I think they're well, going to do. Well, you know do. they're going to, and, and what, her her <laughs> her attorney says, well, she'll show up for one session, and uh, that'll be that, and she'll answer. It's like, well, oh, you really? know what? when do the you prosec- get to decide, Al? I mean, I, look, if the prosecutor comes to you, Al, and says, Al, we want to ask you some questions, do you get to say, well, all right. I'll show up for 15 minutes, and uh, you can ask all the oh, questions. Oh no, you want no! It's and, until we get done, we <laughs> until we get done grilling you, Frank. No, Frank, you're showing up, and until we say you go, you don't go, Frank. Oh, but not with Hit, really. Oh, not her. Now no. here's the deal: she the prosecutor the should just go to the NSA and say, "We know you're listening and doing proctology on everybody in the country, including Bill and Hitlery. Now you give us every one of Hitlery's emails, because we know you got them." They've got every one of Hitler's emails. Just because she erased them doesn't mean that they're gone. Well, yeah, and if they won't give them to you, you know, give old Vlad over in uh, Moscow a call and say, hey, Vlad, help us out here, man. You don't want to yeah, see Yeah, go in woman. and hack the NSA and get all hack. of Hitler's go emails. Go in and so hack. We- They've already hacked. They're getting a fr- you, you think they're not getting If the NSA is getting a free stream of information, you can bet the KGB is too, and so are the Well, Chinese. the KGB can go in and hack the NSA and get all of Hitler's emails, so she didn't she I'm didn't. I'm pretty sure they've already Hitler. got them, Al. I'm pretty sure they've already got them. Well, then you they don't just think, need Wait to a minute. You don't think Snowden, you think he's staying in Russia for free? You don't think he told them anything? Like, uh, okay, well, look, I guarantee you, you they've got stuff. Hitler's stuff, and she's, uh, she's lucky she isn't in jail. She should have been in jail 40 years ago with Watergate. Yeah, the only thing people in this country need to understand is when they start talking about secrecy and national security and all this other garbage, the only people they want to keep secrets from are you. Yes. That's right. Because and, the, uh, the, you don't think the Russians and the Chinese and the Israelis and the French, you don't think they all know? They know exactly what's going on. Everybody knows. Hitlery is a criminal. Bill is a criminal. The decider is a criminal. His father is a criminal. We don't need Jeb Bush in there. God help us if Jeb Bush gets in. You know, I tell you, all these other countries, are they know they're all criminals. They're just wondering which criminal is going to do them a better deal. Yeah. You know, that's it. I mean, it's like, well, they're all criminals. This is all, you know, but they're criminals, too. Oh, absolutely. There's no such thing as honest government. I mean, you don't think ox- the guy- <laughs> it's an oxymoron, Frank. You don't think the guys over in the Kremlin are criminals? Well, they are. You can bet on that. Uh, you know, but, well, hey, they're just looking out for their own best interests like criminals do, you know? You know, the people in Iceland had the right deal. They fired all the bank uh, presidents. They put them in jail, and they said, guess what, Germany? We ain't paying you back. Yeah. Right? 
they said, hey, guess what? This whole thing was fraud. You created the toilet paper out of thin air, just like Janet Yellen and her toilet paper company. You didn't give us nothing, did you, Frank? Did they, Frank? Not, not really. Not really. What happens, Frank, when these people go in and they sign the, uh, quote, mortgage papers at the bank? They're making the loan. They're the ones giving the money to the bank, aren't they? Well, they're creating the credit. That's right. Because there ain't no money, really. No, there's nothing but toilet paper and blips on a on a hard drive, right, Frank? Well, Isn't that credit, what it is, you know, credits, credits, credits and debits. That's what we've got is credits and debits. And the funny thing is, you know, these people, these lunatics, these crazy people, these psychopaths are using debt as an asset. Oh, and now you know, and now the new thing with this garbage, the uh, this deal with the G20, you put your money in the bank, and now you're going to get charged interest to keep your own money in yeah, their and bank. It's not just uh, the G20 either, because that remember a few like a month, ago, well, maybe two months ago, when we had this. Oh, oh boy, uh, the Republicans better not shut down the government again, because uh, politically it's real bad. So they did uh, this trillion, so much garbage. They, they, uh, they don't have to shut down nothing, and uh, like I said, the Gestapo doesn't need your money. Well, remember Every, they you say, remember they signed that trillion dollar, they call it a stopgap thing. Oh, you mean to, instead of going over the fiscal right. cliff and all that garbage right. thing? Like about mean? two yeah. months ago, remember that? Yeah, whatever, yeah. Okay, yeah. and it was only about three weeks after the G20. And the thing is, they put in that that little stopgap thing, all the provisions that the G20 oh. came up with, like, oh, if you deposit your money in the bank, Al, it's their money. They can use it for whatever they want and tell you, sorry, we paid our debts with it. You don't have any deposits. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's U.S. Well, that's law why now. The banks need to be, uh, that's why the banks all need to be burned down, Frank. That's U.S. law now, Al. It's not just oh. the G20. They're doing it internationally, and they're doing it. It's U.S. law. Oh, it's coming to, it's coming to Nazi America, Frank. It's going to happen here, and then, and then the people are going to get angry. And uh, what did they do? They issued all those bug-out kits to the uh, bank people because they know the people are going to burn them down. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, Frank, you've talked many times, Frank, not one penny of your, quote, income tax, end quote, goes to run Sammy. Sammy's got plenty of money coming in. He just doesn't want to tell you about it, doesn't he? All your taxes, your phone taxes, your gas taxes, all yeah, these taxes. I, and, and that's not, and that wasn't me. That was the Grace Commission way back in Reagan's day. I mean, they, they, one penny goes to run Sammy. So when, no. so when, so when Barry and Mrs. Barry go take their trip, the taxpayers really aren't paying for that trip, no. are they, Frank? Not, not in okay, not in dollars. Okay, nobody is is getting their, you know. Oh boy, now we got to shell out more money for these people. That's not how you're paying, but you're paying, okay? Because as they piss away money like that, what does it do? Inflation goes up. So what does that mean? You got to work longer and harder to buy the same stuff. And things stuff cost more. The more that she runs her presses, right. the more things cost. The things cost more and more and more and more. So actually, you're not paying. You know, the taxpayer isn't paying more because you don't have to be a taxpayer to be paying more. Everybody's paying more. So yeah, That's everybody right. does pay for it, but we pay for it through inflation. We don't pay for it yeah. through taxpayers. And everything you buy at the grocery store at Satanway, that can of corn or whatever it is, it's got hidden taxes in it. But they just don't tell you what the hidden taxes oh, are. God, That's Al. in you the price, just like think, the gas. Think about, okay, think about this. Now, you said a can of corn. Think about that can of corn. So now, 
The can of corn is made, the can is made out of metal. The metal comes right. from the ground. Well, right. guess what? As they're digging it out of the ground, the fuel they're using is taxed, the equipment's taxed, everybody's wages who's operating out of machinery is taxed. All of it. So taxed. they dig the ore out of the ground, they throw it in a truck. The truck is taxed, the fuel is taxed, it goes to the factory where they make the metal the out of the ore. The truck salary is taxed. His they got property taxed. Tax. they got his salary taxed, they got the tax you on the electricity, on the fuel, on everything else. You got tax on so everything now they to make run the, the factory. Metal. Now they make the metal. They ship the metal to a plant that's going to make cans. Well, that plant's got to pay property tax. It's got to pay wage tax. It's got to pay taxes on the electricity it uses. Now it makes a can. So it makes it over to the corn plant. Well, the farmer's got to pay, you know, he's got to, for one, he's, he's got to pay to ship his corn to the plant. Uh, which means fuel taxes, property taxes, all kinds of others. Then the plant has to pay fuel taxes, electricity taxes, all the other taxes. Then it finally right. gets on a truck to go to the store where they got to pay the taxes on that fuel, on that driver's wages, on the, <laughs> on the tags, on the licenses, yeah. on everything Frank, else. Frank, can you say scam, Frank? Can you spell that four-letter word yeah. starting with an S? So now it gets to your store, Al, and the store's paying property tax, tax on the electricity tax and all this. <laughs> you know? And if you live in a state that's got sales tax, you're paying that. Absolutely. So you're paying, uh, you know, 70 cents for a can of corn, which really should cost you about a dime. Yeah, or less, maybe even. You know, I mean, it's, we we don't really, people generally do not, they don't grasp the whole. They have no conception of how the scam has worked and all the individual things that have gone into the scam and how they've been lied to. Well, and, Frank, don't look at your history books because everything in the history books in the public fool system is a liar is wrong. Well, uh, you know, or it's, uh, it's, dece- you know, it's somehow deception. I agree with that. You know, and the thing is, Al, though, this taxing thing is very simple. Because everybody knows everybody's taxed. But people yeah. don't realize, okay, I go buy a can of corn, damn state charges me, you know, 9% sales tax. Boy, well, yeah, well, that's not, wow. the, you know, that's nothing. That's not what, you know, that, that just add that on top of everything else. Add that on top of everything else that went into that can of corn. And people might think, well, yeah, the store's got to pay this and the store's got to pay. Yeah, but you're not even thinking about where did this can of corn come from. You know, it didn't just magically come out of thin air. I mean, everybody from the ground up to when they dug the ore out of the ground to make the metal can yeah. has been taxed, Al, yeah. all the, the way can- through. Yeah, the can of corn's going to have to wait, folks, because it's yep. break time. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
know we're here to stay tonight. Oh yes, tonight. Come stay, stay down, lovers lane. Bust the seven seven and the back again. Bust the seven seven and the back again tonight. Oh baby, don't 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 rock and roll. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. 
right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. That song was dedicated to all the prostitutes running for office in the next election because really that's all they're about is they just want the money. And uh, the room didn't get either one. Uh, the first one was by the Top Cats, and that was Baby Doll. And the second one there is Eddie and the Hot Rods, All I Need is Money. And, boy, that ought to be somebody's campaign uh you know, slogan, huh? We got Al from Colorado. Let's get him on here and get going with the lightning round. What do you think, Al? Should that be the campaign slogan for, uh, you know? I think we should just shut down Congress, Frank. Let's take a vote against uh, all the AVR listeners. Should we shut down Congress tomorrow? We don't need the more stinking laws. And the White House and the Justice Department. I mean the lynch All of them. And all the uh, alphabet soup agencies as well, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that leaves the military in the court system. And, oh, by the way, you kick all the lawyers out of the country, and everybody has to represent themselves in court, Frank. How about that? What do you think? That'd be easy because, you know, with the Justice Department shut down and the uh, judges all shut down and put in jail, uh, you know, that'd be pretty easy. I think uh, Loretta Lynch mob is going to be worse than uh, Holder. What do you think, Frank? So far, she started out real, uh, hey, uh, my first thing is let's shut down all the police departments and make them a federal uh, police department. Yay! I thought that was Al Sharp. That wanted that one, wasn't that El Yeah, but she just me? took up the uh, she just took up the mount for that today. Oh, okay. So Big Al decided that he uh, wanted to shut everything down, and she said, "Good idea, Mr. Al." Huh? Big Al's been at the White House getting his marching orders from uh, Valerie Jarrett, and he gets mm-hmm. out there with his mouthpiece saying this out in public, and then next thing you know, here's Loretta Lynch mob doing it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's it's a you know they're doing uh, Frank, it like it's getting. Oh, this isn't just one person's idea. Everybody's thinking this is a good idea, Al. That's what they're trying oh, to present. Oh, yeah, Barry in his brown shirt with the black kids dressed in the military camo and, you know, doing the Nazi Hitler salute and saying blah, 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 and all that good garbage when Barry first got in, if you remember that yeah. or not. Oh, sure, and they can be. They can take a, a, a loyalty oath to Barry instead of the Constitution. That'll be a lot Oh, better. I'll tell you what the sickening thing was when they had those little first graders or kindergarten singing how we loved Barry. Remember yeah. that one? With yeah, the well, that's, that's because some communist teacher forced them to do it. And if I was a parent, I'd be throwing a fit over that. Uh, you know, you don't... You Frank, don't, uh, anybody, AVR listeners who have kids in the public school system, get them out and homeschool them. Well, you know, I, I know several people who have now uh, children who consider themselves adults because they've graduated high school and they went to public school, and the parents thought, well, they were doing okay. We were, you know, and these kids are a complete mess, a complete mess. And they're not a complete mess because their parents were no good, other than the fact they sent them to because public school. Because they got school. brainwashed in the public school That's system. right. That's other what? than the parents sent them to public school, other than that, they weren't bad parents. But, you know, I, I'm sorry, man. If you send your kids to public school, you're a bad parent. That's child abuse right there. Man, you're ruining that kid's life, and the kid might think it's great, it's all fun and games, I can go to school and smoke crack with all my friends, and, you know, sit around Yes, I don't have to be responsible for my actions, somebody else will uh, take the responsibility, I don't have to worry about it. And they hit the real world. They're going to find out the real world hits back. Oh, the real world ain't what they what they learned in public school. There's uh, in full system, public school system. The real what world. The real world hits back. Nasty. And, and Nasty. you might not think that's fair or nice or anything like that, but this is too bad. Uh, that's how it is, you know. And it's you know, and people can you know, people got excuses, all right. 
and and that's all they are is excuses. Because look, man, if if you're not able to raise your kid, then don't have any. Uh, that's it's that simple, man. If you you're just gonna have, you're just gonna breed. So you can there shovel are people your kids who shouldn't off. be allowed to breed. You know, right? you shovel that's your what... kids off to somebody else to take care of them for twelve years. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, that's not what I consider a parent. My, my my parents did that, you know, but it was a different world back then. You know, at one time, okay, public school wasn't a bad idea, but it's been corrupted. Times have changed. Things are not the same as they were in the no, 70s. No, no, we've got a bunch of socialist Nazis running the country right now. That's why I call it Nazi America. Right. You know, Al, I remember... When I was in grammar school, I was in seventh grade, and I had, uh, you know, I was always kind of a misbehaving kid. I spent a lot of time in the principal's office. You were a misfit, Frank? Is that what you're telling us, Frank? You were a misfit? <laughs> I, I was misfit? in the principal's office quite a bit, right? So, yeah. and we had this older principal who everything was kind of the old way. Now, we weren't like, uh, you know, I mean, it, okay, put it this way. It was okay. If you weren't paying attention in class for the teacher to come by and swat your fingers with a ruler, okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, I I mean, it was the old way of school. Okay, in eighth grade, though, he retired, and we got this new principal. And this was a new liberal, straight out of college, uh, must have been maybe a 30-year-old, complete communist. And things changed at school. Oh. oh, yeah, man, I saw it, you know. And so it was happening way back then in, what, 74, you know. So and, you went to uh, you went to grammar school and high school, late 60s, early 70s then for well, you, Frank. Well, I graduated like in 79 out of high school, so uh, okay. I guess eighth right. grade was late 75. Late 60s, yeah, but late 60s is when you started. Mid-60s sure, is yeah. when you started kindergarten, something like yeah. that. And things were a whole yeah. lot different. And, but I saw yeah. them changing. And how they changed was by infiltrating positions of authority with socialists. And yeah. all this new crap about, oh, let's sit down and talk about it. And, you know, he was a yeah. sweater-wearing, probably homosexual. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? All this liberal garbage yeah. crapola that we got you today. Know, and now, over the last 30 years, things have just progressed in that, in that area. Well, as Charlotte Iserbite said, uh, they've dumbed down America very nicely. They've succeeded in dumbing down America, no question about it. Yeah. 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 You know, so now it's gotten to the point now if you're sending your child to the public school system. You're a bad parent. You are, and you're destroying that child. You might not you might not mean to obviously most parents do not want to destroy their but children But Frank it's the quote law end quote Frank you've got to go to the public well, school Well no it is the law, law Frank You can homeschool your child you can find a community uh uh school you know and if you live in a state that's very hostile towards uh you know homeschooling then get move Get well that or get the homeschoolers around your area, the people that want to homeschool, and open your own school. You know you can do it. All you've got to do is yeah, okay, fine. For one, you don't take any federal money, right? Right. Okay, so now your standards of what you got to do. Yes, they have to pass some tests by the state to show that hey, 
you know, they're actually learning how to read and write and, you know, and, and you know, all the garbage, yeah. that's not very difficult because the school tests they give in public school, <laughs> any homeschooler, you know, capacity. I looked at a thing that they gave grade. in the late 19th century, Frank, early 20th century. I don't think uh, people from Mensa couldn't even uh, pass some of these tests. I looked at oh, one I know, test me they too. gave from 1891 I, or something like that. I was that. embarrassed. In, I was in embarrassed too. In eighth yeah. grade, graduated yeah. in eighth grade, man, I'd have never got out of eighth grade if that was. No, and not none of these kids today would ever pass this test. I'll they tell you that. Got out of second grade. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. You yeah. know, I mean, honestly, yeah. the kids today, and 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 again, I'm not really blaming the kids because they're it's not kids. their fault. They're sent to school. And they said, okay, we're going to educate you. All right, fine, I'm a kid. You're going to educate me. You're an adult. I believe you. No, what you. they're going to do is they're going to brainwash the kid is what they're going to do, Frank. They're not going to educate him. Yeah, he might be able to read and write, but he's going to learn a whole bunch of stuff that you and I didn't learn. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, uh, they're not learning to read. They get out. They can barely fill out an application because the way they're taught to read, Al, it, it's it's insidious. There's no more phonics anymore, is no. there, Frank? No, Remember it, that? It's insidious, Al, because you see, they have figured out a way to make the illusion that you know how to read when really you don't. Okay? Because what they've done is they've taught these children to recognize words that they can say. Okay, I can read all those words out loud. The cat jumped up the hill. Okay, yeah. fine. You know, I can Let's read see, those Let's see, Dick and words. Jane. Yeah, Dick and Jane but time, right? I don't know what those words mean. Okay? Frank, do you I can remember? read them. I can yeah. read them, Al, but I don't know what they mean. I have no reading comprehension. Because, yeah, Al, well, that's you cannot comprehend what you're reading, reading is worthless. Yeah, anybody can 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 recognize letters and say the word, but if you don't know what you're reading, what good? Remember, remember that the thing they had called hooked on phonics. Yeah. Guess what happened? Yeah. The public fool system banned it. It was supposed to go into all the public fool systems, and you could buy it, you know, for your kids, mm-hmm. and uh, they got it shut down very nicely. I think, called hooked still, on phonics. I think you can still get it. It's just a you might be able to system. get it, but they wanted to put it in the public right. school system, and the public school system said, "Uh-uh, we're doing it our way." Frank. Yeah, and and their way is a way that has been proven not to work, and that's why they hey. do it their way because they do word recognition. Al, they 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 yeah. teach English as as Chinese. Because yeah. Chinese, the Chinese language is a symbolic language where, you know, words oh, yeah. are, that's how, oh. that is how you learn yeah. Chinese. It's even worse with the math. Remember that thing about nine is not a friendly number, oh, ten is yeah. not a friendly number, out, not outcome based, uh, a common core garbage. Right, right, it's insanity. Yeah, how do you uh, multiply or add 15 times nine or whatever that number? Oh, Remember that's that little unfriendly. Thing? That's not friendly. That's unf- oh, that's not a nice number, Frank. Seven, maybe it's Friday, so seven isn't friendly, but four is, Frank. So we'll use four instead Two, of seven. Two, four, right? eight, and ten. They're all friendly, so we'll just stick to yeah. that. One, three, five, six, and nine are unfriendly. not friendly, and unfriendly. zero is definitely unfriendly because there's nothing there, right, Frank? <laughs> so it's an unfriendly number, zero. Yeah, unfriendly. Yeah. Odd numbers Frank, are odd. I that's why so they call sorry them odd, Al, because they're unfriendly. That's why they call them yeah. odd numbers, because they're not friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, you have to really feel sorry for today's kids because they are going to be—they're going to be called educated dummies. Well, They've been educated into dumminess, Frank. They have one—they have one one chance. They have one leg up, and I hate to say it because it can be bad too. But they have the internet. 
And if a kid yeah. is curious and a kid wants to know, they can know by going on the Internet. But mm-hmm. then again, they get but on the Internet. But if they don't understand what the words mean, as you said, Frank, what good is it to go on the net if they don't understand the meaning of the words? You can learn these things, though, Al. If you want to learn them, you can learn them. You know, but the thing is, you know, kids get distracted. Kids are kids. They get on the Internet. They start playing games and talking with their friends, and they don't really use it to learn. But there are kids out there that do, okay? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like every everything, there's always exceptions to the rule. Overall, mm-hmm. the herd children are, are nothing but uneducated, ignorant buffoons now, and they've been made that way at the public school system. It's been done system. deliberately. They've deliberately dumbed down the population so they can control them more easily. People who think Frank cannot be controlled as easily. You know, but the thing is, there is exceptions. There are kids out there who are saying, you know, Okay. Hey, I'm tired of this garbage. I don't, I don't want to Remember this I one little girl. Things. This one girl, she uh, she testified. She says, I don't like this uh, this common core because we're not being allowed to be ourselves. We're supposed to think like the group. I don't want to think like the group thinks, she said. Right. Smart little girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to have smart. her own opinion, and they wouldn't let her do it. And she says, enough of this garbage. And she walked out, I think, is what she did. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I could never, as a kid, even... As a kid, I mean, I had a hard enough time getting along in school back when I was in school. Nowadays, I mean, they, they'd have Well, me. you were lucky that you didn't get beat up, Frank. Hopefully you didn't get beat up at school. Well, I had a lot of fights, but I was a, I was a kid that grew up on a farm, and I, uh, you know, I could... And you did I, what you had to do, Frank. Self-preservation, Frank. You're still sport. above the ground. And uh, we uh, we fought. We went out of the parking lot and fought during, you know, school. And, you know, and nobody went to jail, Al. Gee. No, you know, no. I, as a matter of fact, you know, I got a story about this. Remember I told you in eighth grade, this sissy uh, principal from college came and started running our school? No, I don't think, if you did, I don't remember. I just did, you know. I, I oh, the one you just told grade, us right. now. Yeah, the one you just told us, well, yeah. what happened was some kid on the school bus uh, was sitting in my seat, and I told him to get up, and he wouldn't do it, and he started smart-mouthing me. And I said, you know what? When we get to school, I'm punching you out. And Uh-oh. so when we got to school, I punched him out, you know. <laughs> and uh, I broke his nose, and, and then I went into my classroom, and by the time, and this has happened before, where I get in the classroom and the phone rings, right? Because mm-hmm. in our school, we had phones on the wall, like the intercom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I I had one, I remember I had one arm out of my, my jacket, and the thing rang, and I stopped right where I was, because I figured it was about me, and a uh, teacher picked it up and looked at me, and I put my coat back on, and she said, you need to and go. And you went to the principal's yeah. office. She said, you need to go to the principal's office. I said, okay. She said, you better take your lunch, uh, because, yeah. you know, you're not coming back, basically. And so I go to the principal's office, and, oh, so he's going to suspend me. Okay, fine. So he calls my mom and dad down there. My mom's having a fit, right? She's crying. You know, it's such an embarrassment that her boy gets suspended from school, right? Because, you know, parents actually figured their children's actions reflected upon them back in those days. And uh, mm-hmm. my dad's sitting there, and he's listening to all this BS from this guy about how this is uh, wrong, and we can't do this, and we blah, 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 and there are other better ways to And your dad probably told him off. What did my your dad tell him? My dad's standing there, and he's sitting there, and he's listening, and he's listening, and he's letting the guy talk, and he finally gets done. And, well, you know, now it's my dad's turn to say and My dad looked at him, and he had just a, one sentence to say to the guy. He looked at him, and he said, kids fight. 
That's it? Yeah, kids <laughs> fight. I'm going to tell you how bad it's getting and now, he took Frank. Me, he took me, you know, okay, I was suspended for two days. So we went, uh, I didn't get punished at all. Actually, I did get punished. I had to get a haircut. And, uh, oh, wow. And, and my first, Real punishment. And, and, think of, and, and think of this. My first day back to school, <laughs> my mother picked my clothes. And my mother hated the way I dressed, right? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so she picked the clothes out that she wanted. I had to, to have wear. a haircut. She picked my clothes, and oh man, I hated it. <laughs> she made me wear a turtleneck. I hated those. Oh things, brother! Man. Yeah, but that was my big punishment. Okay, wow. and, uh, you know, Real yeah, punishment. yeah, because my dad was like, "What's the big deal?" Kids I'll fight. tell you what how you bad it's getting, about? Frank. Hey, come on. Frank, it's getting so bad, the uh, the mother sent the kid to school with some Oreo cookies, and one of the teachers saw what was in the lunch thing and uh, called the mother and berated the mother for packing Oreo cookies in a kid's lunch. This is, this is the political correctness crap that we have to go through. It's none of this woman's business what this kid has in his lunchbox. Yeah, meanwhile... We see cafeterias burning burritos in plastic bags and serving them. To oh, people. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I did see that one. You know, yeah. That's what Michelle says, or should I say Michael says we should be feeding yeah, our kids. Michael. But, uh, oh, burnt plastic. Diesel. Well, I think maybe we should make Michael Michelle uh, uh, eat the burnt plastic. Yeah, and well, see how and she you likes know what? Do, do her little darlings not get to eat Oreo cookies? I guarantee you, Barry and his family are not eating any GMO garbage. I can guarantee you they are not, Frank. Well, and his little darlings aren't going to public school. His little darlings are not under his mommy's Nazi uh, food program. Oh, no, they can eat whatever they want, I guess. Well, I, I, get, I can too, then, Frank. And no, so they can go you to a school the where they get gourmet lunches. Oh, my look, goodness. Look and how much up. is this costing the sheep every oh, year for it's them? Co- oh, it's costing plenty. But don't worry. They're paying for it themselves. Sure they are. Yeah, oh. yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, Frank. <laughs> you believe that, don't you? Hey, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Now, here's how you know something's not good. Okay? Yeah. Something yeah. you don't want. Wall Street's yeah. Council on Foreign Relations has issued a major report alleging that China must be defeated because it threatens to become a bigger power in the world than the U.S. And this is why... The Congress needs to pass the Trans-Pacific Partnership. I think the Congress ought to be put in the Trans-Pacific uh, Ocean. That's where the Congress belongs. Of course, you it know, would pollute the ocean, unfortunately. The thing is, look. Oh, Barry and his secret. Yeah, well, guess what? The Congress doesn't even know what's in it. Well, and anything the CFR wants, I can guarantee you people out there, it's no good for you. The CFR? Are you kidding me? Hey, wait a minute. Uh, You see what a wonderful uh, success NAFTA was, didn't you, Frank, with uh, Billary with his NAFTA? Remember NAFTA NAFTA? This is NAFTA on crack. Oh, and then you got Shafta as well, too. Yeah, well, yeah, well, this, this, I'm telling you, this, this is going to make NAFTA look like Disney World. Like a picnic, like a, like a, like a kitty kindergarten, is it what is. you're basically It is, doing. yeah. Well, it's then you know what? The bad. people just have to say no. The people, ju- everybody, nobody files, nobody obeys any laws, everybody says, stuff it. Yeah, well, you know I'm what? being polite now, Frank. We have to watch our language. I know, kids but listening. I tell you, you know, you think the the one of the bigger things in this thing is the immigration. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Opening it up legal immigration, Al. You know the H-1B visas where they take all the jobs from educated Americans? Yeah, and bring all the people from India and all that stuff. Yeah, bring all the Indians in. Kids who have gotten $50,000 in debt. 
and finally get a job, now get to get fired and get put on the street and still have their debt while some Indian takes their job. Everybody who owes that uh, so-called uh, school debt, nobody pays it, Frank. Let them all go under, Frank, just like you said with the credit card companies. Yep. Run up your bill, Frank, and don't pay it. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, well, hey, you know what? What can't, uh, Al Adas has got a good saying, and he says, what can't be paid won't be paid. Good. You know, if you can't pay it, then it won't be no. paid. <laughs> you know, I can't That's pay right, it. Then don't pay it. You know, you can't get blood out of a turnip, it's Frank. Like Greece. You know, they keep going around and around with Greece. Greece is never going to pay that debt because they can't. Well, then just, they should just tell everybody to get stuffed and forget about it. Well, yeah, they're trying to play nice, but the fact is they can't. Uh, they can't because it's it just can't be paid. There's no money. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Frank, I may not be here for the next couple of weeks because I have to go back east for family affairs again. I may okay. be here and I may not. So if you call and the, and the phone doesn't answer, I'm not here, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's usually the case, isn't it? Okay. Uh, well, hey. I hope to see you next week, but it'll be three weeks at the wor- at the worst, okay? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try. Okie doke. All right, I'll see, see you later. Next week, maybe, Al. And, uh, folks, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We've got a full day coming up, so don't go anywhere, and I'll see you again tonight. Can't put it out another day. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. and roll. So, you know, for years, the uh, Johns Hopkins Institute of Cancer, on cancer, has been telling people that chemo and radiation is the only way to try to eliminate cancer. Well, now they're telling people that there is an alternative. But before I get into that, there's some stuff you need to know about cancer, okay? First and foremost, and this does not come from the John Hopkins Institute, cancer cannot exist in an aerobic environment. That means if the body is constantly oxygenated, cancer cells will die off. And the best and the easiest way to do that is with organic sulfur crystals. So we'll get into that later, but now back to Johns Hopkins. According to Johns Hopkins, they say that everyone has cancer cells in their body, and that's a reality. 
but they don't show up until they've multiplied to a few billion. So when a doctor tells you that there's no more cancerous cells in the body, it means that their tests are unable to detect the cancer cells because they have not reached the size that is detectable. So when your immune system is strong, the cancer cells will be destroyed and prevented from forming tumors. If, however, cancer cells are detectable, that means that there are nutritional deficiencies that could either be of a genetic nature or environmental food and lifestyle factors. Chemotherapy involves poisoning the rapidly growing cancer cells, but in the process, it rapidly destroys healthy cells as well in the bone marrow, the gastrointestinal tract, and so forth, and it can damage organs like the liver, kidneys, heart, lungs, and on and on and on. Radiation, while destroying cancer cells, also burns, scars, and damages healthy cells, tissues, and organs. So while chemo and radiation will reduce the tumor size, they do not result in more tumor destruction. So when the body has too much of a toxic burden from the chemo and the radiation, the immune system is either compromised or destroyed, opening a door for all kinds of infections and complications. In addition, chemo and radiation can cause the cancer cells to mutate and resist destruction. Now, on top of that, sugar will cause cancer cells to spread to other sites as well. So the effective way to starve the cancer cells is not by feeding it with the foods it needs to multiply the cells. Then when you substitute sugar with aspartame, also known as NutraSweet or AminoSweet or Equal or any of that other garbage, that's very harmful. The only sweeteners that you should use are honey, molasses, or maple syrup, but only in very small quantities, um, and even stevia, if you get the right one. Uh, stevia is a natural herb. It's a natural sweetener. If you use too much, um, it'll taste like, uh, oh, God, like um, licorice. If you taste licorice, you're using too much. Then the table salt, like Morton's, that stuff is that stuff really sucks. Why? Because it has a chemical added to it to make it white. So if you want to use salt, I would go with sea salt or Himalayan salt. Milk also causes mucus especially in the gastrointestinal tract, 
and cancer cells feed on mucus. So if you substitute milk with organic non-GMO soy milk or rice milk, it will starve the cancer cells. I wouldn't touch almond milk because most of the almonds which are produced in California are all irradiated. The reason why they're irradiated is because there was a um, a slaughterhouse upwind from an almond uh, almond orchard, and the runoff from the slaughterhouse contaminated the almonds. So rather than do anything about the slaughterhouse, they said that all the almonds coming out of California have to be irradiated, even though that wasn't the problem. But, you know, it's all about money. So now cancer cells thrive in an acidic environment. So a flesh-based diet produces acidity. And, and Johns Hopkins says it's best to eat fish and chicken. The problem is they're clueless, but they're slowly getting there because how hard is it to realize that fish containing all the PCB loads and the mercury and the radiation uh, causes cancer and neurological problems? And all flesh, for that matter, contains antibiotics, growth hormones, parasites, which are all harmful, especially if you already got active cancer cells. You see, they never mention that all flesh food feed is loaded with GMOs. So if you have a diet that consists of, say, 80% fresh vegetables and juice, and whole grains and seeds and nuts and fruits, that will put your body into an alkaline environment. The other 20% can be from, you know, maybe steamed vegetables or even beans, cooked beans, um, which is good. Fresh vegetable juices provide the live enzymes that are easily absorbed and reach down to the cellular level within 15 minutes to nourish and enhance growth of healthy cells. So if you want to obtain live enzymes for building healthy cells, juice every day with fresh vegetables. My favorite, my favorite is carrot, apple, ginger, and beet. Now, that may sound horrible to you, but the apples make it taste sweet, and the carrots and the beets and the ginger build the immune system. Now, what you have to remember is it's more important to eat raw vegetables because they produce enzymes. 
enzymes are destroyed at temperatures of 104 degrees. That's why pasteurization is bad because they cook stuff to 180 degrees. Then you should also avoid coffee and tea. They're high in caffeine. I mean, green tea might be a better alternative, but too much green tea results in dehydration, but it does have cancer-fighting properties. Now, as far as water is concerned, it's best to drink purified water or filtered water to avoid the, the known toxins and the heavy metals in the tap water like fluoride and chlorine. And distilled water, you have to understand, is acidic, and it needs to be alkaline. So if you're drinking distilled water, you should maybe squeeze some lemon into it because a lemon, even though it's citrus, has uh, an alkalizing effect on the body. Then flesh protein is difficult to digest and requires a lot of digestive enzymes. Why? Well, not why, but undigested flesh remains in the intestines, becomes putrefied, and leads to more toxic buildup. See, here's the thing. When you eat, when you eat vegetables, you can chew them until they mix with the saliva, and then you drink it. You can chew flesh from now until Christmas, and that ain't never going to break down. So what you basically are doing is you're chewing it, you're sucking out all the flavor and the spices, and then you're swallowing it. So now you have this, this piece of cooked, rotting corpse sitting in your intestines that are full of poisons. And it takes four to seven days for flesh to pass out of the body where it takes two to four days for vegetables to pass out of the body. So you have potentially for a week rotting poison sitting in your body, proliferating all the cells in the body, creating an acidic environment creating cancer cells to get bigger and making you sick. You see, the cancer cells, they have a real tough protein covering. So if you go away from eating flesh, it frees more enzymes to attack the walls of the cancer cells and allows the body's killer cells to destroy cancer cells. Now, cancer is a disease of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And a proactive and positive spirit will help the cancer warrior become a survivor. Anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, they put the body in a stressful and acidic environment. So you have to learn to have a loving and forgiving spirit, learn how to relax and enjoy life. Now, cancer cells, like I said, cannot live in an oxygenated environment. So exercising, deep breathing, that helps you get more oxygen down to the cellular level. And oxygen therapy is another means employed 
to destroy cancer cells, but I'm going to get into the sulfur crystals in a minute. Now, under no circumstances should you put plastic containers in a microwave. You should not put plastic water bottles in a freezer. And you should not put plastic wrap like saran wrap in a microwave because the dioxin chemicals are highly poisonous to the cells of the body and freezing plastic with water in them releases the dioxins from the plastic. <clears throat> when you heat food in microwaves, especially fat-containing foods, that releases dioxins into the food and ultimately into the cells of the body. Plus, when you heat food in a microwave, it changes the molecular structure of the food and the body has no idea what it's eating. So instead of using plastic, use corningware, use Pyrex, use ceramic containers for heating your food. You'll get the same result, but you'll get the same results without the dioxins. So things like TV dinners, instant ramen and soups, should be removed from the container and heated in something else other than a microwave. Paper isn't bad, but you don't know what's in the paper. So as the food is nuked, the high heat causes poisonous toxins to actually melt out of the plastic wrap and drip into the food. So you cover the food with a paper towel instead. Now, I've been on radio in Hawaii since 1981. And when I started doing a radio show, I've been saying this and I've been saying more. And you can hear more if you go to www.healthtalkhawaii.com. And the fact that it's taken the medical community 30 years to catch on is somewhat uplifting. Maybe in another 30 years, John Hopkins will come out and finally say, if you want to be well, you should adopt a vegan diet. Anyway, you know, I, I think we got a better chance of uh, having a shuttle to the moon. Anyway, I, I wanted to get into this because, you know, I've, I've spoken about organic sulfur. Everybody talks about organic sulfur. And... It's true that it's very beneficial, but for the most part, a lot of people who sell it don't have a clue of its of, of its make, of its value. So let me just put that in perspective, if you will. MSM, methyl sulfonimethane, is marketed lucratively as MSM. The process starts with crystals, which are then turned into powder with anti-caking agents like silicon dioxide added to it. Now this presents a problem for the people who buy it because when the crystals are turned into powder, much of its effectiveness is lost. And when the anti-caking agents, the synthetics, are added to it, whatever's left, whatever benefits are left are nullified. So to derive the maximum benefits 
from the MSM, it must be in the form of organic crystals and lignin wood base. That's lignin comes from its wood or prepared with food grade DMSO. So the best organic sulfur crystals are produced as follows. It's made from DMSO, which is dimethyl sulfoxide. And DMSO is made by processing the waste product of paper making, pulp, like the pulp and paper industry. It is never made by simply processing trees or any other form of plant life, no matter what you might read in some less informed internet sources for the sole purpose of extracting DMSO. It could be just as seawater could be used for the sole purpose of extracting gold, but that's really impractical. So DMSO is extracted from the waste product of paper making, and it is the paper making that allows the whole process to be practical. So as paper is made, the paper is made of the fibers of wood. But as the trees grow, the fibers of the wood are stuck together in the living tree by a substance called lignin. So lignin is like the glue that holds the fibers together. The wood could not be made into paper if all the fibers are stuck together. So paper making must include some process by which the lignin is removed, allowing the wood fibers to be managed and converted into flat paper and so forth. So lignin is removed with something called pulping chemicals. And these chemicals are sodium sulfite, that's the majority of them, sodium sulfide and sodium carbonate. When the chemicals are soaked in a vat with the wood chips, the lignin dissolves and the wood fibers can be removed. Generally, about 50% of the stuff in the vat would be the wood fibers ready for making into paper, and 50% would be the residue, the waste product of the original pulping chemicals and the lignin that has now been dissolved. So the first liquid is called DMS, but it is quickly and easily further refined into DMSO. Food-grade DMSO is the main ingredient from which MSM is made by a controlled oxidation process using hydrogen peroxide and water. No other chemicals used and the hydrogen peroxide is turned into water. Now, it's important to realize that if you purchase your organic sulfur crystals, then the MSM you receive has been distilled. No chemicals are left behind. It is the purest possible form of the chemical methyl sulfonylmethane. Now, Organic sulfur is found in all living organisms. It's also contained in raw plant and animal foods. 
It is not found in any foods which have been stored during shipping or refrigerated or cooked. Seriously, organic sulfur bonds with moisture and is therefore carried away when dehydration occurred occurs. That is why stored, refrigerated, or cooked foods no longer contain organic sulfur. Also, with the introduction of the petrochemical fertilizers in the 1930s, the benefits of sulfur were severely diminished and why you must stay hydrated and drink a lot of water every day. Also, with the introduction of the petrochemical fertilizers, which were created to replace the manure as fertilizer and to create a cash crop for the petrochemical industry, the oil-based fertilizers virtually destroyed the sulfur in the soil. Add to this the obscene overprocessing of our food supply, which served only to increase shelf life and profits, and which made our food supply completely devoid of sulfur. And it's no wonder that we are a nation of overweight, undernourished, disease-ridden sickos hooked on pharmaceutical drugs. In 1985, Finland became alarmed over the increasing obscene disease rate of its population, and they banned the use of all chemical fertilizers, fearing the levels of cadmium, yet totally unaware of the sulfur connection. But since they did that, they have become the leading supplier of organically grown foods in Europe. And they have also seen their disease rates drop to one-tenth of their 1985 levels. Interestingly enough, though, in 1985, the U.S., was at the same disease level as Finland. So why did we not follow suit and ban the chemical fertilizers and put a lid on the highly processed foods? Well, if you ever watch Donald Trump's TV show, you know, it begins to go, money, money, money. (laughs) So do you really think that we would stop using profitable chemicals for our soil and our food, which involves the commercial agribusiness, medicine, insurance, and genetic and designer foods. We can, however, regenerate our internal sulfur cycle with the organic sulfur crystals, provided that the product has not suffered the same indignities of science that our food supply has and continues to suffer. So like sulfur, the cell membrane is another blind spot in medicine. And despite proof that the cellular membranes need sulfur to be utilized and formatted correctly, So any cell can function as the basic unit of life. Medicine still depends upon synthetic chemicals to treat a symptom. 
So in the body, organic sulfur is used to repair cells which have been damaged as well as to promote the growth of healthy new cells by allowing the cells to transport oxygen more effectively. The organic sulfur also makes the cell walls more permeable, enabling them to allow more nutrients in and to allow waste materials to pass out of the cells. Studies have shown that chlorine and fluorine are detrimental to this oxygen transport, yet those elements have been added to the U.S. water supply to make our teeth healthier, (laughs) yeah, right, and our water more pure or free from bacterial infestation. Fortunately, I'm one of the people in Hawaii that's kept fluoride out of our water supply except for the military bases. And other than the military bases, that's because the government really cares about their military, our water supply is fluoride-free. And as I said, I was instrumental in accomplishing that despite an avalanche of industry and Hawaii Department of Health executive blatant lies. Now, let me just tell you something about chlorine. If you're paranoid about chlorine, um, if you want to get rid of chlorine in your water, what you do is fill up a big pot and bring it to a boil. And once it starts boiling, you see the steam coming out. Just turn off the water, turn off the heat, let it cool down because chlorine is a gas. And once you see that steam that's blowing off all the chlorine, then you take that pot and you fill up bottles, put them in your refrigerator to cool them off, and you've got really clean uh, chlorine-free water. Uh, As far as fluoridated water, you need a reverse osmosis filter. So anyway, those elements are poisonous at higher concentrations, and they block the uptake of oxygen and sulfur. So like I said, you hook up a charcoal filter to your faucet, and that removes the chlorine, or you boil it and then put it in bottles. And the small amount of chlorine, however, has not been found to adversely affect the benefits of the sulfur. So the thing you have to be careful about is the fluoride, and you can get rid of that with a reverse osmosis filter. Otherwise, you just go out and buy bottled water. And you don't want to use distilled water because distilled water, like I said, creates an acidic environment unless you squeeze some lemon in it, and that will make it more alkaline. So every day, the body uses up to about 750 milligrams of organic sulfur naturally. Now, organic sulfur is natural. It's found in the water we drink. It's found in fresh, unstored, and uncooked foods. It's found in fruits and vegetables and dairy products. And unless you mostly consume organic raw foods, 
you are not receiving enough organic sulfur to realize this tremendous health benefit. Unfortunately, the shelf life deterioration for sulfur is rapid in cruciferous vegetables and garlic and onions with as much as 90% loss of sulfur after one week of harvest. Then to add insult to injury is the fact that cooked or processed foods have no utilizable sulfur, and sadly, most MSN, MSM, and other sulfur supplements do not restore the cellular levels of sulfur and omega-3s, and the reason is that anything synthetic that sulfur comes in contact with renders it useless. So let's talk about the benefits. Now you know how we got it. Now you know why it's good. The organic sulfur has a cleansing or a detoxifying effect on the cells within the body. It allows the body to remove toxins that have accumulated in all types of cells, including fat cells. So should you feel once you start taking it that you get like you're getting the flu or other symptoms where you feel like you're getting sick, you are not getting sick. It is the detox process and it will pass. And while this is happening, do not stop taking the crystals and in fact maybe take another teaspoonful in the middle of the day. You know, we spend a lifetime screwing up our bodies, and yet we expect that we're going to have a product that's going to fix us in 24 hours. It doesn't work that way. Everything takes time. Everything takes determination and, above, above, above all, dedication. So the suggested uses, usage is one teaspoonful twice a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. Different ways to take it. Number one, you can dissolve a little bit in hot water, then fill the glass up with cold water and drink it. You can put the crystals in your mouth and you can chew it. That's what I do. You can put a tablespoon or two in a liter or a quart bottle, dissolve it, fill it up with water, squeeze in a lime, add a little bit of maple syrup, and drink a lime punch all day long. Or you can put it in your mouth and chew it, and you can drink orange juice right after that, and it makes the orange juice taste sweeter than Kool-Aid. Seriously. I personally, like I said, I just put it in my mouth and chew it. Now, organic sulfur is not a drug, and it's not a prescription medicine. It is a nutrient, a food that the body can consume. It increases enzyme production within the glands in the body, substantially increasing overall resistance to illness. It increases flexibility in the tissues within the body. It increases blood circulation and it aids in lowering high blood pressure and raising low blood pressure. It reduces muscle inflammation, 
promotes healing in the muscles and prevents them from becoming sore. And to the degree that there is soreness, recovery and return to normality is quickened. And athletes in particular benefit from this as the intake of additional organic sulfur increases their recovery time. The sulfur eliminates free radicals in the body. Allergies to pollens and certain foods can be reduced or eliminated. It promotes healthy increased growth of hair and fingernails. It has been studied for its anti-cancer effects and because of the oxygenation of the cells and the tissues, which creates a 24-7 aerobic environment, cancer cells cannot exist. The organic sulfur studies have shown the reversals of osteoporosis, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's disease. It aids in healthy skin production and reduction of wrinkles and is one of the main ingredients in moisturizing creams, and it helps to reduce and clear up scar tissue. The sulfur can benefit all skin types and ages. It's been shown to be highly effective in the treatment of skin conditions like acne, eczema, psoriasis, and bear in mind that those conditions arise from a weak immune system, which the organic sulfur will help strengthen, as well as problematic skin, and it helps keep skin healthy and strong to guard against premature aging and and skin damage. The sulfur helps the body properly regulate insulin production, and adequate organic sulfur in the diet can reduce the need or the quantity of insulin injections. It helps in reducing and eliminating diverticulitis. You got parasites that are living in the colon. Well, if you take the sulfur, the parasites are unable to remain attached to the colon walls because the sulfur forms a smooth resistant coating. Now, parasites have worms. Well, the hatching worms got nothing to grab onto and they're flushed out. The sulfur helps to alleviate emphysema. It provides the body with material to manufacture new healthy cells on the lung walls. I mean, just like for me, when I heard about sulfur, I figured it's another magic bullet, right? Well, I had asthma my whole life after being vaccinated as a little kid. After three days, three days, my sulfur disappeared, has not returned since 2007. Now, because of its ability to make the cell walls more permeable, This causes the body to rapidly reduce, release alcohol, hangover toxins, removing them as waste from the body. And the process happens far more rapidly than it does to recover from a hangover, you know, like maybe as quickly as 20 minutes. The sulfur will help alleviate chronic headaches and increase circulation in the brain 
promotes proper blood circulation within the brain and less pressure and pain result, which reduces the tendencies for headaches or migraines. The sulfur will reduce hypoglycemia because it is made it easier for the body to introduce blood sugar through more permeable cell walls. So less insulin is demanded for the process, resulting in less overuse of the pancreas. And within months of consistent sulfur usage, that can reduce or eliminate hypoglycemia entirely. It will also help alleviate PMS because the glandular production and it is enhanced by organic sulfur to have more normal levels of production. Acid levels, enzyme levels, hormonal levels are more evenly balanced with organic sulfur. Cramps, headaches, nausea from the monthly cycle can be reduced or eliminated through its use. The sulfur helps to promote better kidney function more efficiently. So water retention problems due to bad kidney function can be alleviated. Now, let's say you got some eye problems, okay? You dissolve one teaspoon of sulfur in four ounces of water, and you put it in a spray bottle, and you can either use it as an eye drop or spray it in your eyes as frequently as you like, and it does not create any problem, but in fact, within within seconds, your eyes are like dry eye, that's gone. It also will deliver the essential omega-3s throughout the body and will allow the body to produce vitamin B12. And like I said, because it passes through the blood-brain barrier, it is reversed at least 29 or 30 cases of autism in little kids that we know about. And it also eliminates the need <clears throat> for Viagra or Cialis because it reverses erectile dysfunction. But the one thing, and I'll tell you a story about that in a minute, but the one thing you got to be careful of if you take any medications or supplements, there needs to be a 30-minute window between the taking of the crystals and the taking of the meds and the supplements because the synthetics and the anti-caking agents will nullify the benefits of the sulfur crystal. Okay, so I play in a senior softball league. One is 55 and older, one is 68 and older. And there's a guy I was playing with, he was in his early 80s, and he asked me if it was any good for erectile dysfunction, and I said, yeah. Just take it twice a day and it'll work. It's really good. So he he ordered he I bring him the sulfur and I don't see him for a couple of three weeks and then I see him and I said so how's the sulfur working? He said oh it's really good. I said you're still taking it twice a day. He said no I'm only taking it once a day. I said yeah but you got to take it twice a day to be effective. This is the guy with erectile dysfunction. And he says to me, yeah, I know, but my wife can't handle it. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of people out there that are selling this product. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't work. Now you know why it works. And now you know that because 
I have all that information where nobody else will even go into the depths of anything like that. What I have works, and it's it's whatever. So that's up to you. You want to get healthy, then there's some stuff that you need to do, and this is probably the best of the best. Okay, getting back into what I do best, which is to talk stink about all kinds of corporations and everything. Corporate lobbying is big business in the United States where the highest bribing bribing multinational corporations are allowed to freely siphon billions of dollars every year from the federal pockets. But few people realize just how much these monolithic corporate entities are effectively stealing from American taxpayers by paying off Congress for financial and political favors. According to a recent analysis conducted by the Sunlight Foundation, 200 of America's most politically active corporations collectively spend about $1.2 billion annually lobbying the federal government for tax breaks, grants, and other financial incentives. And in return, they garner more than $733 billion a year in payouts. <laughs> got to love it. So the financial, <clears throat> the financial rate of return, if you will, for corporations that actively lobby Congress for what they want is astronomical. And as explained by Zero Hedge, these returns range between 5,900% for things like oil subsidies and as high as 22,000% for multinational tax breaks and in the drug sector, the return is even higher at 77,500%. So putting this in context, the 4.4 trillion total that the top 200 corporations received from the federal government between 2000 and 2012 represents two thirds of the 6.5 trillion dollars that individual taxpayers paid into the federal treasury. That's correct. 4.4 trillion, that's with a T, is what the 200 most powerful U.S. corporations raked in over the course of five years from congressional lobbying, which is a huge return from the relatively paltry 5.8 billion they spend to get this massive return. And they call this lobbying. But what it really is, is bribery. So by spending a paltry $6 billion to bribe the U.S. government, 
or just a little more than what General Motors will spend on stock buybacks alone, U.S. corporations are getting the direct benefit of two-thirds of our tax dollars. To put it differently, the top multinational corporation pulling the string in Washington, D.C., receive about $760 back from the federal government for every dollar they spend bribing the politicians. And this while more than 8 million working Americans have lost their job since the start of the last national recession in 2008. So while the already shrinking middle class took another huge blow due from central banking cronyism, the criminals running Washington, D.C. freely handed out billions of dollars in bailouts to the banking kingpins like Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Chase and Company, the entities that played a major role in causing the financial meltdown in the first place. So America's executive branch made things even worse several years back when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that corporate spending on federal elections does not give rise to corruption or the appearance of corruption. <laughs> so, in essence, the courts decided that corporations are free to spend away in order to maintain their influence over the political system. And it doesn't matter if the politicians in order in office are Democrats or Republicans. All of them cater to their corporate masters, as evidenced by financial records and other data pulled by the Sunlight Corporation throughout the course of various selections and position changes within government. So during the six years that were studied, the newly elected Democratic majorities took control in the House and Senate. Two years later, the White House shifted from Republican to Democrat control, and two years after that, the GOP came back to take the House. So the collapse of the housing bubble in 2007 led to massive bailout efforts by the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve Board, two massive stimulus bills, and the loss of more than 8 million jobs. you got to love it, yeah? So Congress passed laws that overhauled health care insurance and financial industry regulation. Then the troops surged in Afghanistan and withdrew from Iraq, and there were 16 separate continuing resolutions to fund the government, a debt ceiling standoff that caused a downgrade in the nation's credit rating, and a super committee to wrestle with the federal budget. <laughs> and as the middle-class Americans lost ground, the fixed fortune 200 got what they needed. Give me the money, honey. <laughs> Yeah, so that's just letting you know there ain't nobody on your side. And just when you thought that the absurdity of junk food corporations in trying to pass their products off as healthy had reached its limit, the Coca-Cola company goes and hires 
a team of fitness and nutrition experts, including this vast network of scientific, of certified dietitians, to hawk Coca-Cola soda throughout the media as a healthy snack option. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, man. So the international, this Coca-Cola, the international beverage giant, they launched this propaganda blitz to push so-called mini cans of Coke, which are 4.5 ounces smaller than the normal 12 ounce. So that's seven and a half ounces as a healthy snack beverage, okay? Really. So then there's advertisements and what appear to be news articles written by independent health quote-unquote consultants, which have been in newspapers and magazines on TV and on websites claiming that Coca-Cola products are refreshing and healthy. Anyway, because of dwindling sales, Coca-Cola is employing the devious strategy to try to reel back in the dumber segments of its customer base that despite their feeble efforts to eat better are perhaps easily swayed by empty claims from paid health experts about the merits of slurping down a can of Coke after a workout or a trail run. So one article that was posted at patch.com, for example, which appears to offer advice about how to snack healthfully, recommends not eating an entire box of processed snack crackers, but only eating one plate of snacks and avoiding lengthy conversations at parties because apparently the lengthy conversation causes you to snack more. And then the best, and be sure to grab that refreshing mini can of Coca-Cola. <laughs> so you've got to limit yourself to a single serving, right? One 100-calorie snack, or look for a refreshing beverage option, such as a mini can of Coca-Cola, reads the obvious endorsement for the Coke product, posing as an independent article about health, when all the time it's created by one of Coca-Cola's hookers. So the same article also pushes exercise as a solution to better health, recommending, not surprisingly, even more Coke products in order to stay hydrated. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's hilarious that the article throws in the following not-so-subtle plug for another unhealthy Coke product that some people choose to drink instead of pure water. Remember, proper hydration prior to any physical activity is a must. Vitamin water zero is a great option as it has zero calories and it tastes great. So anyone with a brain will notice that the entire quote-unquote health article is centered around getting people to drink more Coke products. So the vitamin water zero plug is actually bolded in the article insinuating that it's more important to your health than even the recommended exercise routines, which are also carelessly and shallowly put together. 
So incorporating some of these small changes in your daily routine can go a long way in improving your heart health, adds the piece, which is cited as being authored by personal trainer and sports nutritionist Norma Rickster. Okay? So the Coca-Cola company admits that the campaign is a ploy but insists that every big brand works with bloggers or has paid talent. Except there's nothing in the realm of talent when it comes to pushing products loaded with high fructose corn syrup, phosphoric acid, cancer-causing caramel coloring, and other harmful ingredients as some kind of pre- and post-workout superfood beverage. It is absolutely laughable that the Coca-Cola company would surmise that such an approach has any chance of being a success. How stupid do these company executives think people are that they would propose cans of soda pop as a healthy snack option? You see... You gotta understand that the only thing that is relevant to anybody in business for the most part is money. And wherever they can get the money, wherever, they will take it. They don't care who it affects. They don't care if it creates a problem as long as they can sell their product. So now, what do you do? You got, if you're on meds, if you have symptomatic problems in your body, that means, number one, you have a compromised immune system. Otherwise, if you had a strong immune system, you wouldn't be sick, you wouldn't have to take drugs. So number one, Are you putting unleaded gasoline in your gas tank? And I'm not talking about a car here. I'm being euphemistic, using the body as the vehicle. This is why plant foods, plant-based foods, are essential to building a healthy immune system. That's number one. That's the fuel. Now, what do you do to reverse everything? You've been depleting, you've been making sure that your body has been depleted of oxygen your whole life. This is why sulfur crystals come into play. I just gave you all the information about organic sulfur crystals. What you do with it, how you act upon that, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm just giving you the information that you have to realize the advertisers only want your money and the more that you can stay sick the more that you will be a customer of the medical profession and I'm not going to use the word patient because that was contrived because they don't want to call you a customer which is what you really are so you need to make changes to learn about the changes to get more information about the changes. I would I would encourage you just to go to my website. It's not gonna cost you anything. Healthtalkhawaii.com. 
hundreds of radio shows, hundreds of articles about health-related issues. And it all says the same thing. Make sure you are putting unleaded fuel in your gas tank. And I understand you've been conditioned since you're a little kid to eat a certain way. I am no different. I was conditioned also. I made a change. And here I am. I'm 76 years old. I'm in three softball leagues. I do stand-up paddling. I hike. I swim. I do weight training and cardio. I teach women self-defense classes. I take no meds. I have no illnesses. I can't do it like I did 50 years ago, but I can do it. And I am not a spectacular person. I am not somebody special. I am just a normal guy living next door. And if I can do it, why can't you do it? It's not rocket science. You understand? It's simple. Just go slow. Make the change. Take one day a week to eat strictly plant-based and fruits and vegetables. That's it. One day. Then you go to two days. Then you go to three days. However long it takes until you can finally get to the point where you're not eating flesh foods, you're not eating processed foods, you're not consuming alcohol, you're not smoking tobacco, you're not drinking sodas, and all of a sudden you find that you're healthy and you don't want to take any milk products because they're all loaded with bovine growth hormones and everything else to make you sick. Once you get there, you go to my website, you can read about ecology, you can read about technology, you can read about the deal. Unbelievable in smoothies every day. 72 super. The ancient Greeks thought time herb provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for Time Tincture NT to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. 
If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Talk Live. I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. We're here on Herb Talk, and we're going to empower you. That's what we like to do. Magical Engineer Frank and I are ready to roll. Thanks for joining us on American Voice Radio. Uh, we're going to be talking about infectious bacteria today to the plague level. We've talked about some of this before, but we have some new developments that make it even more important to uh, revisit the topic. Um, and we're going to be also talking about um, how you can deflect a lot of these uh, pathogens, these diseases. So we've got lots to talk about, a lot of empowering information. And um, if you hear the show and you want to share the information with friends and family, I know American Voice Radio will archive the show later, and so will our our website at thepowerherbs.com so that you can uh, look it up by date and topic and uh, share it with friends and family. Uh, we do have a quack report, but before we get to all that great stuff, big salute and semper fi to righteous men and women in uniform. Oh, yeah, we were lifting all of America up in prayer. I'm seeking the Lord's face, and, and it's his will, but we, we're still going to ask. We're going to still ask for righteous leadership throughout this country, and uh, that's what we should be doing. We should plead the, to the Lord for justice and truth, as Isaiah 59 instructs. So, um, and, you know, faithful prayer can save the sick, and also the righteous prayer availeth much. So, And it draws you closer to the Creator so you can have that wonderful experience and relationship. So mind the time, it grows short. And without further ado, let's do the quack report. Oh, thank you, Frank. What do we have here? Oh, uh, university students, where is this? Um... Uh, let's see, uh, uh, I guess it's deeper into the, the topic here. University students, oh, it's the Netherlands. They're working on this, um, K, they're working in conjunction with KLM employees. They're designing this app that will allow flight attendants to identify problem passengers, you know, passengers that are anxious, 
passengers that are ill and so forth. So it's called a Flight Beat app, and it will help monitor physical and mental well-being of passengers through their heart rate sensors that are going to be built into the seats. And uh, the app is still in, in concept mode, but they do have the sensor technology already, and it's looked at. It's being looked at also by car manufacturers. I guess you know if you're if you're having a heart attack and you have on OnStar in your car, the two can uh, I guess uh, help you out. Uh, seats are monitored by cabin crew with the app. Uh, they can just log in and they can actually see an overview of all the passengers and all their seats. And, you know, it's sort of like Houston monitoring astronauts, I guess. They know what they know what you're thinking, I guess, based on your heart rate. Mm. Moving along in the quack report, um, California's drought is uh, continuing to get worse, and it's um, causing an infestation of rodents. So we're going to be tapping into this a little bit for the main segment for the first half hour of the show. But rats are coming out of the woodwork. They're coming out of their hiding places because they're looking for water. So they're coming out uh, uh, into parks to steal water from um, uh, everywhere. Your water fountain that's dripping. What If you've got dog bowls in the backyard, they're there. Uh, horse troughs uh, full of water, that's where they are. Uh, they're finding new ways to get into your home and become a menace, menace more than ever before, according to some uh, pest control specialists out there in California. So the rats are kind of taking over a lot of places uh, um, that are left unattended. So houses that aren't protected are becoming an oasis for rats that are seeking shelter from the desert conditions, because it looks like California is becoming more of a desert. So they're excellent climbers, and what they're doing is they're climbing trees and they're jumping onto rooftops. And entering homes that way. Mm. Any way they can get in. Chimney, maybe, I guess. All right, moving along the quack report. Medical equipment can be uh, taken over uh, remotely by hackers. This, um, this new technology known as telesurgery uh, uses robotic arms capable of performing surgery long distance and is very uh, has the potential to save lives, money, and also is uh, helpful when there's no doctors in, or surgeons in remote areas, so they can just do it over the Internet remotely. However, surgery flaws, I'm sorry, security flaws recently have been identified that this remote control communication for these operation systems uh, can be exploited and hacked. Researchers at the University of Washington have demonstrated that the whole system could be hacked and take, and the controls taken over from the surgeon. So the problem is the telesurgery procedures are taking place on public networks instead of a secured private network. So public networks can be hacked, and malicious entities can jam, disrupt, take over the communication between the robot and the surgeon. So encryption could cheaply solve many of these security issues, but it's not foolproof. Uh, we had a show on that, didn't we? Didn't we do a show that, you know, that was a problem? I think we did. Check the archives. Last but not least in the crack report, um, drug-resistant intestinal superbug that's been imported into the United States is becoming a problem. It is a drug-resistant superbug that is circulating the United States, and health officials say that it was brought over from overseas. It's called Shingella, 
and it's triggered more than 200 illnesses since last May. People recently traveled to the Dominican Republic or India or some other developing countries. They think brought it back to the United States. Uh, it's highly contagious, and this particular strain is resistant to common antibiotics known as azrozerithromycin. Uh, so at least uh, 243 people from multiple states have come down with the disease, common ca uh, causes of infectious diarrhea. Latest outbreaks have been reported in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and California. So this new Shingella strain is resistant to um, the azorethromycin that they usually give to kids and also the Cipro for adults. So if it were me... I would have some gentian root and some slippery elm bark on hand. And if you've been listening to this show, you know where to get that, thepowerherbs.com. And that wraps the quack report. Oh, thank you, Frank. All right. Well, we got coming up... Um, well, we have the Cinco de Mayo today, but we're kind of coming up uh, Mother's Day here, so uh, I want to wish everybody a happy, happy and just fun-filled Mother's Day uh, this year. Um, I'm a madre. I'm a grandmother as well, so um, it's important to, you know, honor your parents, your family members, and so do that. <laughs> Time is short. All right, we're going to talk about plagues, and the reason we're going to talk about it is sometimes you have a hard time initially in the first stages figuring out, is this the flu or is this a plague? So the symptoms of serious disease can fool even the most experienced physician. And many life-threatening diseases can mimic the common flu with fever, chills, body aches, and feeling weak. So the risk we face is a delay in not knowing what we have and acting on it. So is the infection bacterial or is it viral? Is it a bacterial? And if it is a bacterial, will it respond to antibiotic treatment? And will trying such a treatment sacrifice precious time or weaken the body further? In some western areas of the United States, there is a serious drought. Uh, people expect the usual drought from time to time. However, if the deep aquifers are affected, we could see fertile land revert to desert. So if that is the case, there's this transition period where wild animals desperate for water, like rodents, can infect domestic rodents and other animals, thus infecting humans with disease. So there's over 200 species of rodents all over the globe that carry plagues. So the first recorded diagnosis of a plague in the United States was in San Francisco in 1900. By 1902, as the plague took hold, authorities didn't want to panic people because it would affect business. And that action led to a quarantine of California, the whole state. So air travel to countries with active plague cases are in Asia, South Africa, and South America. And research of the past has revealed that environmental conditions contribute to the spread of plagues. And we should be ready to address this risk, no matter how remote it may seem. All right, let's look at the plague real close. Let's take a look at it. 
uh, we want to notice how it progresses. Okay, so if a region begins to see patches of bubonic plague, we should be on the alert for a specific symptom. Aside from the flu-like symptoms, this bacterial infection likes to sink deep into the tissues of the lymphatic system. So glands will swell, and then nerves will be pressed upon, causing tremors. There's a high fever that creates extreme sweating, and cells under the skin will rupture, creating these bloody spots. So the glands of the groin and the arm area, the armpit, produce painful swelling, as the infected blood pools there, accumulates there, and an infectious disease such as bubonic goes back thousands of years. So the Greek word for groin is bubon, which is the root word for being bubo, which means swelling. So this is where we get swollen groin bubonic plague. So patients with bubonic plague can die of sepsis, which is really blood poisoning very quickly. So the disease progresses rapidly, is contagious, and is now drug-resistant. Well, let's tap into this ancient report, because there are ancient reports where before there were antibiotics, people used medicinal herbs to protect themselves from serious diseases. Now, one thing to consider is that bacterial pathogens are not resistant to your human immune system and not to medicinal herbs. So the herbs provide protein, minerals, enzymes, antioxidants, and vitamin nutrients the immune system uses to produce antibodies to fight infection. Now, on the other hand, if antibiotics are to be successfully used, it has to be given within the first 24 hours. So antibiotics suppress the immune system in an attempt to poison the bacteria. So if the bacteria are resistant, the antibiotic will not destroy the disease, and worse, it has canceled the timely antibody response of the immune system. So the patient is left defenseless, and this gives the disease a foothold. So scientific medicine has known since 1998 that bubonic plague is totally resistant to all known antibiotics. And by the time you figure out you've got bubonic plague, I bet 24 hours has passed anyway. Let's talk about the poor man's antibiotics. Now, in the 1700s, the word plague sent panic through a town or a village, and most people had what was known as the poor man's antibiotic, which is garlic. Often garlic is used to flavor food, but it also uh, has strong medicinal qualities. So over the last 100 years, scientific studies have discovered in part what, garlic, what gives garlic its power over disease. So researchers in 1944 found a compound in garlic that fights bacteria, viruses, and fungus called allicin. And garlic's unique compounds enabled the body to fight a broad spectrum of diseases. So the allicin creates this anticoagulation and lipid-lowering action to keep blood flowing so it won't clot or pool throughout your body. So blood is the vehicle that brings the antibodies and takes away the infectious debris. So in other words, blood brings healing and garlic assists in that function. Garlic is also an antioxidant, which is another action to help fight infectious microbes, and it prohibits high blood pressure. So due to its complexity, science is really not done discovering all the health benefits in garlic. 
Now, fresh garlic has more power because it will contain more of the enzymes called anonase. And research has shown that this enzyme is a catalyst and destroys microbes in just 10 seconds. They've discovered that it is this enzyme that offers a defense mechanism against disease. So the enzyme also gives garlic its pungent aroma. So therefore, the deodorized garlic product will have this benefit removed. Now, according to PubMed.gov, garlic has plenty of antibacterial action against gram-negative and gram-positive bacteria, including the multi-drug resistant strains such as E. coli, candida, intestinal parasites, and viruses. Also, you want to avoid using microwave or cooked garlic as heat destroys the garlic's enzymes in less than six minutes. So if you're adding garlic to cooked dishes, add it at the end on a low heat for just a few minutes. Now, cousin to the garlic is the white onion, also contains anilase enzymes, and it's often paired with garlic for serious disease-fighting ability. So the enzymes in these foods are activated when they're dry and their wet cells are merged together, creating a chemical reaction, sulfenic acid and cysteine sulfides. And this creates the ananase in about 10 seconds. And this happens when the food is cut into or it's crushed. So scientific research continues to study garlic for its organic sulfur compounds, which is used to fight chronic diseases such as cancer and heart disease. All right, and it's not really fully understood. Medical science is really not sure how our metabolism absorbs the medicinal properties of garlic and specifically the analase. So perhaps the reason is that there are several biological actions that happen when the human body is given some garlic. So there seems to be more than one allicin compound in garlic, and it is not clear how all these compounds influence our metabolism to target disease. So through animal studies, scientists think the medicinal properties of garlic enter through the intestine and travel to the blood. And if they're testing human consumption of garlic, they have found that these properties of garlic are present in blood, urine, and stool very rapidly. They even can predict how much of the garlic compounds are in the body fluids by testing the exhaled air or garlic breath from people. So science doesn't suspect that garlic sulfide somehow, I'm sorry, science does suspect that the garlic sulfide somehow strengthen or increase your blood plasma while decreasing cholesterol. So the body uses your garlic to empower the liver to help with this function. And according to Linus Pauling Institute, garlic offers an anti-inflammatory function by reducing the enzymes that encourage inflammation and also help the white blood cells, your immune system, macrophages. Let's talk about garlic tinctures for just a second here, because according to a controlled clinical trial, the garlic extracts that were aged are better than forced extraction extracts that can lose their garlic compounds through heat and evaporation. So if you're making your own garlic tincture, you want to age it 30 days for the best potency. Then you want to store it in a cool, dry place away from heat and light, and that'll give it a long shelf life of about 10 years. So if you're making or pressing garlic juice with no alcohol or other catalyst, the juice will be good for about six months. 
So once that juice starts to turn from its rich golden color to a brown, you know it's time to make a fresh batch. So if aging the garlic in your vinegar catalyst, that'll last about two to five years. So if you want to learn more about how to make your own tinctures and tonics, uh, I've written about this in the Power Herbs book, and you can get your copy for just $14.99 at the PowerHerbs.com website, thepowerherbs.com. Just look under books and newsletters. All right, I want you to be aware of something. If you are using garlic, it can thin blood, and it shouldn't be used medicinally in large amounts if you're taking blood thinner medications. Now, some people can also be prone to allergic reactions using medicinal amounts of garlic, and they can have reactions such as asthma, digestive upset, or diarrhea. So garlic seems to be safe for most people, including nursing mothers. So garlic's going to add some flavor to the breast milk, and infants tend to nurse longer. So nursing mothers have also used the garlic for thrush, and that's an infection that babies can get uh, when they're nursing. It's a yeast issue. So check for drug interactions, though, when you're using your garlic supplements and using immune-suppressing drugs like antibiotics with immune support supplements offers this contradicting effect, and you should not be using the two together. So one is trying to improve immune function, the other is suppressing it. So it's not a good idea. Now, one mention here about hemorrhagic plagues, because the Black Death, also known as bubonic plague, is considered a hemorrhagic plague. So the bacteria uh, that causes uh, bubonic uh, causes hemorrhages, and thus you get those bloody spots underneath the skin. So the bubonic plague encourages a deadly form also of pneumonia which is very contagious. So for hemorrhagic diseases, I like to use the gentian root. It prohibits that. And also for the pneumonia, I like to combine your echinacea root, your garlic, and your part of arco interbark. And you have to work fast if you suspect that this is the case. If you are faced with a plague situation, time is of the essence. Now you can rush to the nearest medical care facility but what do they have to offer but isolation and drug-resistant antibiotics? So before the bacteria became drug-resistant, there was a 72% success rate of recovery. And through gene DNA, science reports that 15% of Caucasian Americans have a natural protein that makes them more immune to bubonic bacteria, and about 2% will survive an infection. So if we encounter bubonic plague, there is no time to waste as the disease develops rapidly and death can occur in three to four days. Quarantine of bubonic is a challenge because people are carriers before they even start you know, manifesting symptoms. So if you're interested, I would have this on hand. In the event there is an outbreak of a plague or bubonic plague, in the United States, I recommend having the following herb formulas, and many are included also in the pandemic kit that the folks at Apothecary Herbs have. So gentian root, we get that to inhibit the hemorrhagic bacteria, the bubonic plague, or even Ebola. The pain anti-inflammatory formula to reduce swelling and to take the edge off pain without suppressing immune system function like acetaminophen and aspirin will. Blood cleanse formula to help clear the pathogen from the blood. The mullein for soothing the lymph nodes, the glands, uh, when you have bubonic, it attacks those. 
uh, immune booster formula, which will have your echinacea garlic and part of ARCO. It will assist the immune system to help make its killer T cells and antibodies called macrophages faster. Also, American ginseng is in there. I would use that to remove the debris from the pathogens quickly. It's really good at eradicating infection through the liver. And you may want to layer in some milk thistle to help deliver the antioxidants in the liver, uh, help the liver out, protects it, and helps the liver function better. There's also the pneumonia kit for secondary conditions from the plague and all-in-one formula, which will have your fresh garlic and onion as well as some other fresh herbs in it. And um, it's an old-time plague tonic because several texts in the 17 and 1800s mention that villages that had medicinal herbs or plague tonics on hand had lower mortality rates. So you might want to give apothecary herbs a call and um, order your order your herbs while supplies last. You know, stock up on these formulas, and you can defend yourself from plagues. The number to call is eight six six. Two two nine three six six three eight six six two two nine three six six three. If you're outside the U.S., dial seven zero four eight eight five zero two seven 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 zero four eight eight five zero two seven seven. Of course, you can visit thepowerherbs.com website, thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. You can get there typing in uh, herbtalklive.com as well. And you can save on, they have a Mother's Day coupon special. You can save 15% on a purchase of $10 or more with a coupon MOM15, M-O-M-1-5. But you've got to hurry because that expires on Monday the 11th. So you have to use it before that expires. Of course, um, if you're uh, already a customer at the PowerHerbs.com website and you've registered there, you can also redeem your redemption points and save. But... Uh, one discount per purchase, basically. So check it out, thepowerherbs.com. Get a free product catalog. Sign up for the newsletters. And be empowered. Have another way to protect yourself. It's important. It is. All right. And, you know, we're going to take a break. But when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about um, this legend. We've talked about it before, the three thieves. You've heard about it. But it goes hand in hand with this plague tonic we just mentioned. And uh, it's real important to understand how... These uh, mortuaries and grave diggers didn't get sick when they were burying all these victims of the plague. Think about it. We'll be right back. life into the original medicine herbalist wendy wilson will be right back don't make the aspirin mistake aspirin was discovered by mistake during world war ii and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever 
called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Seven, your assignment is to find out what herb secrets herbalist Wendy Wilson has on Herb Talk Live. Is your PSA count high? Half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the Prostate Kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate glands. Call Apothecary Herbs for the Prostate Kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the Prostate Kit and empower yourself. Toll-free, 866 866- 229-3663 or international callers 704-875-8010. That's toll free 866-229-3663 or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. As men get older, they are subject to hormone imbalance. And when this happens, men can experience osteoporosis, memory loss, irritability, blood sugar imbalance, weight gain, enlarged prostate, erectile dysfunction, and risk of stroke. The human endocrine system manufactures hormones. Why not feed your system plant nutrition to make the hormones that are right for you? For centuries, these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system. Men, you've waited long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663 where your healthcare options just became endless. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless.
information. So that's what we're going to bring you here. Um, most people, I think, uh, who've been doing some research into natural things and empowering themselves, they, they've heard about the legend of the four thieves. And we've told this one before. We've, we've gone over this legend before, but it really goes hand in hand with our first segment, which was about plague tonics. So the legend has it that there were four men during the plague epidemic in France who unintentionally discovered a preventative for the plague. So they didn't know why how it worked. They just knew it did. So the French aromatherapy physician Jean Valnet published a book about the four thieves who were eventually caught and brought before the judge in the French court. According to Valnet, many people were dying of the plague and the judge found it astonishing that these men came and went into the homes of victims of the plague, went into cemeteries and looted uh, grave sites, uh, and they didn't catch the plague. So Vanette quotes the Parliament of Toulouse uh, in their archives saying, During the Great Plague, four robbers were found guilty of grave robbing and going into houses of plague victims and... Um, going into even their bedchambers and looting their homes. For this, they were condemned, and they were to be burned at the stake. But in exchange for a lesser sentence, they would reveal their secret at preventing preventative measures they used against contracting the plague. So the court agreed that after they revealed their secret, the four men would, re, would, uh, would get a lesser sentence. Uh, so... What was the secret preventative that they used? So when you have 1,000 to 1,800 people dying every week during a plague, anyone who seemed to be immune would either be wealthy from the sale of their prevention product or imprisoned for not sharing it uh, with a court. So <clears throat> the robbers did reveal their secret, and so their lessest sentence was they weren't going to be burned at the stake, but they would be hanged. Oh, boy. So who's getting the credit? Well, another variation of this account was that it was a family of perfumers who knew the antiseptic properties of essential oils. So they rubbed the oils on their bodies to protect them from the plague, and the physicians of the era would use some herbs and oils on themselves to protect them from so many contagious victims of the plague. So the physicians would wear these large cloaks, covering their head and shoulders, and dangling from their cloak would be vials full of this antiseptic herbal oil stuff. Still another entry puts the discovery of the plague formula containing vinegar and garlic and some of uh, these other herbs uh, dating back to 1722 in Marcel, France. So let's look at what the grave robbers said they had. Many over the centuries have tried to take credit or mimic the legendary formula that protected the four grave robbers. So Nostradamus, a physician and a prophet supposedly of the 1500s, said uh, to have survived a plague and cured others with products from his perfume factory. Roses are rich in vitamin C, and those who worked in a factory seemed to not get sick when the plague rolled around. And it said that Nostradamus gave his friends and family rose petal pills, and they didn't get sick. One version of the formula is a vinegar, thyme, and rosemary sage and lavender blend. It said that the garlic was added later to the famous recipe and was used both internally and externally to protect them from plague for hundreds of years. So the formula was given many names, 
Thieves Vinegar Plague Tonic Grave Robbers Blend. And it's often been sprayed around a home, covering doorknobs, cutting, you know, cutting boards, countertops, any commercial areas as well. So what makes it work? Well, the original herbal ingredients were said to be a powerful antibacterial and antiseptic blend. Some superstitions were um, added, you know, people kind of, you know, added to the story. But um, some of the substitutes that they added were mint and maybe lemon balm. So they kind of, you know, added to the formula. So the very first antiseptics that were made at home before any commercial disinfectants were manufactured, which have, you know, recently recently been revealed to help, you know, um, cause the drug resistance that we have, the bacterial resistance. So keeping an eye on um, future conditions, it would behoove you to keep in the back of your mind some of the herbs that we mentioned that are very good at helping stave off plague, gram-positive and gram-negative infections like your garlic and your onion and so forth. Now, there are some other herbs that have some of the potential to curb infectious disease. These herbs have been proven. um, uh, Some say they're worthless. Some say they work. Um, There's a duo of herbs that uh, get the nickname uh, Jungle Rot Cure for wounds and skin inflammation. And these are two herbs that are very powerful. They are antiseptic and they have a germicide action. So when you mix black walnut and garlic together, you get this combo. It kills most everything due to its organic iodine and antibacterial antiviral sulfurs. The combo even kills shingles and syphilis. So you must use a strong blend of both of these herbs. So using them, make sure you get uh, very potent, strong uh, liquid forces to do that. So fortunately that you do have um, several items to choose from at thepowerherbs.com. Now that um, Legend of the Four Thieves, the blend, the Grave Robbers blend, whatever, the plague tonic I call it, is really a blend of five fresh herbs that you age in a catalyst of vinegar. Vinegar is a very good catalyst at drawing out a lot of the nutrition from the plant to serve as an antibiotic, if you will, um, to serve as a plague buster. So you have your garlic and you have your onion, you have your uh, horseradish, and also you have um, uh, peppers. You have your hot peppers in there for circulation, um, and you have ginger root. Okay, so notice you have um, these roots, garlic, onion, horseradish and ginger notice the chemistry of these you when you pick them up you really don't smell much but once you cut into them their aromas just permeate the room and uh, can even bring tears to your eyes it's because they have a wet and dry cell and when you mix them together there's a chemical reaction so those are very powerful potent um bacterial busting uh, chemicals and that's why they're in the plague formula so over the centuries people figured it out so if you're looking for that specific blend, if you don't want to go to the trouble of making it yourself, uh, then check out thepowerherbs.com and look under the immune system formulas all in one because all those herbs are in one formula, okay? Um, we got a few minutes here, so we're going to be talking about some disease deflectors, okay? Um, 
sometimes foods can help your body deflect a lot of disease. And scientific experts are saying that if we eat more fruits and vegetables, we're going to have um, more flavonoids uh, in our diet, and it will reduce our likelihood of getting a serious disease. So flavanol nutrition can reduce our risk of developing things like asthma, dermatitis, candida, infections, cataracts, diabetes, gout, macular degeneration, migraine headaches, periodontal disease, ulcers, and even varicose veins. So when you're looking at your food sources for more flavonoids, they can be in the pigment fruits. Um, uh, They can also be in white or green color uh, food sources depending on the food source. So, you know, look for oranges and yellows in your pigments to get a lot of those flavonoids. There's like 6,000 different substances that are found in our plants. And flavanols or flavonoids are, well, they were discovered in 1938. And they were discovered by a Hungarian scientist, Albert Sitgoyai. I guess I pronounced it. I hope I didn't massacre his name. But you, he called these substances vitamin P. Um, but it was changed later to flavanols. So what do they do? Well, according to the Hungarian scientists, flavanols are complicated compounds, and they have varying chemical groups depending on the food source. So sometimes the flavanols are named after the plant that they're found in, like uh, uh, ginkgin uh, is from ginkgo tree, uh, Finston is a quercetin flavonoids, mostly found in vegetables and fruits. So what do these foods with the flavanol, flavanols do uh, to protect you and your health? Well, according to worldshealthiestfoods.org, they say they help prevent rupture or leaking of your blood vessels, and they prevent inflammation and protect cells from oxygen damage while magnifying the benefits of your vitamins like vitamin C. So according to Dr. Ray uh, Shalalin, he says flavanols reduce your oxidative stress on your system, those free radicals that damage us on a cellular level. So especially um, it's very beneficial at protecting us from things like cardiovascular disease. So some people say, well, how do I know if I don't have enough of these flavanols? Um, you may see some signs that you're not getting enough. A research is indicating that if you bruise easily, if you have frequent colds and flus, if you're infectious, um, uh, if you get a lot of infections or you have nosebleeds, um, if you have swelling a lot, when, especially when you get injured, they say that you, this is an indicator that you may have low flavanols and probably you're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. Let's talk about how all these nutrients affect our brain. According to research done in 2006, and it was published in the Journal of Neurology, flavanols in your fruits and vegetables reduce the risk of cognitive decline, especially in elderly people, but they also have um, uh, to have like four servings of these food sources per day to reduce that risk. So what may be helpful is to determine how much fruits and vegetables you're lacking at this point. So you can find out using a fruit and vegetable calculator, which is based on calorie consumption, age, sex, your activity level, 
Um, so, for example, if you're 53 years old, you're female. If you exercise about 30 to 60 minutes each day, you may need maybe one and a half cups of fruit and two and a half cups of vegetables per day. So if you would like to figure that out, you can go to the cdc.gov website under their nutrition tab, and uh, then there's a fruits and vegetables area that you can um, use this calculator for. Now, there are some foods to consider. You're going to find some really good sources of flavanols in your fruits like apples and apricots, blueberries, pears, raspberries, and strawberries. Other sources to consider are black beans, cabbage, onions, garlic, wonderful garlic, uh, parsley, pinto beans, spinach, and tomatoes. So you will also find them in dark chocolate or cocoa. So these types of foods will have higher concentrations, like 100 milligrams per ounce of your flavanols, and they're called anthocyanins. So green and white tea will have 1,000 milligrams of flavanols per cup. So the reason is the tea leaves are dried immediately instead of fermented, as they are with black or oolong tea, and it contains less tannic acid. And tannic acid can affect uh, your joints, it can affect your eyesight, and so forth. So medical research indicates that it is difficult to overdose on flavanols, even while you're pregnant. Mm. Well, let's look at some herbs that may have some flavanol power for you, so you will have more savvy information to deflect disease. One particular herb that's very powerful with flavanol is hawthorn berry. Uh, research done on this particular herb has discovered that this berry helps prevent congestive heart failure and angina. Hawthorn has antioxidant photochemicals, including the flavanols called quercetin. And according to German studies of 1983 and 1993, they think that quercetin is responsible for improving vascular function. It dilates the blood vessels, reduces systolic and diastolic blood pressures. So there are some zesty flavanols you should be aware of as well. Your peppers also contain the flavanols for um, your habaneros, for instance, your red and green peppers all, all have these superfood flavanols in them. So not only are the hot and spicy foods great for circulation, they're also called vasodilators. They'll boost the immune system and help maximize the health benefits of your antioxidants as well as your vitamins and minerals, like your vitamin C. So the other benefits are they help reduce pain, inflammation, they'll help cut mucus and move it out of the body, and help your system burn any unwanted fat. So those of you who are looking for a flavanol-rich supplement, just to cover the bases in case you're not getting the right fruits and vegetables in the diet, you might want to call the folks at Apothecary Herbs because they have the hawthorn berries there, they have that brain concentrate formula with the flavanol-rich herbs to help with memory. Uh, they have heart formulas. Um, they have the herbal eyewash, uh, circulation formula, body food mix, your total organic vitamin powder that you just throw in juice or smoothie, and you cover most of those vitamin nutrient bases. And, of course, that wonderful all-in-one tonic that we mentioned earlier does have those uh, fresh herbs in there that will have that power as well. So if you're interested and you need a free catalog, give them a call and get on their mailing list at 
866-229-3663. If you have email, do sign up for their free online newsletters that go out twice a week and uh, get empowered that way with more free information. And, of course, um, if you don't have Internet and computers, don't worry. Just get the, uh, the free product catalog, and you can use the phone number to order, or you can order through the mail and uh, get what you need. All right, we have just a few minutes. So I wanted to talk about, quickly, the history of longevity. You know, 200 years ago, a little sneeze or cough, you know, raised some concerns. Um, You know, people worried about, you know, dying of pneumonia and, of course, the plagues. Respiratory disease was the number one killer in the 1800s. Tuberculosis killed one in four Americans. And in the 1800s, this disease was comparable to AIDS, the AIDS epidemic. So tuberculosis was not deadly to those with healthy immune systems, which prevented the disease from developing or growing. Malaria was another concern brought into the Americas in the 16th and 17th centuries. Parasites were also very common, uh, more severe in countries like Africa and Arabia. Health researchers feel that the treatment to remove parasitical worms using a split stick inspired the Cadadius medical professional symbol of the staff and the snake. So plagues, smallpox, bubonic were other issues brought about by boatloads of immigrants from Europe. And notice that the leading cause of death 200 years ago was either a virus, a bacterial, or a parasitical infection. That's not typically the case that we see today. So the leading cause of death today are pharmaceutical drugs, heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. So death by virus and bacteria really don't match the death statistics by prescription drugs we have today. So they don't even compare to the deaths by war. Death by pharmaceuticals has really created a catchphrase called Pharmageddon. So we're living longer, but is it quality of life? Well, in a 30-year period from 1976 to 2006, 62 million Americans died, and their death certificates cited medications as the cause. That was in the Journal of General Internal Medicine back in 2010. So it's interesting that we have these drugs that weaken the body and cause metabolic collapse in many cases. If you listen to Shane Ellison of The People's Chemist, um, he's the author of Over-the-Counter Natural Cures, he'll tell you a lot of these lifelong drugs create system collapse. And um, so we have weakened immune systems with antibiotics and vaccines, and we have weakened um, metabolic functions with lifelong medicine. I tell you, if a plague were to come tomorrow, I mean, I, I think the death toll would be outrageous because there's no antibiotics for it. So that's why I say jump to it and get you some backups. Mm -hmm. So it's important. Uh, Let me read you this quote from Jeffrey Corbin. He's 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 a professor of medicine at West Virginia University School of Medicine. He says, many prescription drugs really are every bit as powerful, addictive, and dangerous as heroin. And, you know, um, Mr. Ellison, their chemist, said the same thing. Says uh, it's 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 a travesty. It's an illusion of health. 
that's that's really pathetic and scary. Uh, so I, I really think it's important that people tap into the power verbs, which uh, God has said are here for the service of man, and they're meat. That means they're strong. They're protein. They have enzymes and vitamins and nutrients, as I've mentioned. And it will help society cope with some dangerous pathogens. I totally believe that and stand by that. And if you um, if you check into a lot of the research, medicine doesn't understand why a lot of the herbs work. They really don't even understand the complexity of our own immune system. Yet they inject disease straight into the blood system through vaccines. Well, if they don't understand the immune system, what is that about? Well, according to Dr. Anthony Norris, who used to work for the CDC and who was a virologist for 10 years, um, he was privy to all the scientific research on vaccines and he came out and, and told the truth and whistleblower that he was in 1976 said um, vaccines don't do what the claims scientifically have stated. It, they're there to weaken the immune system, to pretty much destroy your defenses, to make you sick, vulnerable. And it's the most guarded secret in medicine, he said. Of course, he was promptly fired. He was the chief medical uh, director at the vaccine division of the CDC. And if anybody should know, it should be him, right? Um, he he passed away last year and, and uh, was a uh, brave soul to stand up. And, of course, you know, of course, the powers that be, you know, attacked and attempted to ruin him. But um, he he prevailed and people were listening. And I'm sure he has saved many lives out there. And um, I'm sure that when Judgment Day comes, he will be rewarded because I know he has, he has cautioned and saved many lives, especially during that swine flu, fake swine flu pandemic of 1976. So we have to be more alert. We have to be more proactive. We have to search out solutions. We have to check the information. I mean, don't even take what I say as truth. Prove it. You know, go out there and search it out for yourself. And if you find something better, great. But prove it first before, you know, you run around saying, hey, you should get this, you should get that. I, first of all, have used a lot of herbs, and I've seen miracles happen over the last 20 years. Um, I used to work in medicine. I saw a lot of things happen there that I wished I hadn't. So my perspective comes from both ends. And I will tell you that herbs, the power in herbs, God's little secret in there, are the best kept secret. And I don't know if medicine will ever figure it out. But who cares? I look at it this way. If they found out there's some sort of chemical strength, alkaloid, and dandelion root that makes cancer cells commit suicide... Great, but let's not wait for pharmaceutical companies to make a drug out of it. Let's just take advantage of God's dandelion root. That's what I'd say. I know, maybe simple, but I like simple. It works. It's not supposed to be rocket science. You're not supposed to need a pharmaceutical industry to be healthy. You're supposed to protect that body that God gave you. So I hope we can help you do that. Cleanse and nourish, get the toxins out, put the nutrition in. It's simple, but it works. ThePowerHerbs.com. Give them a call. Get a free product catalog, 866-229-3663, 866-229-3663, ThePowerHerbs.com. All right, I'm out of time. 
and I'll be back Thursday. The information presented is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease, so seek medical advice if you dare from a licensed medical physician before using any product or therapy. I'm your herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Till next time, be well. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $1.40. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188.
For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Good evening and welcome to the Covenanters Call. This is Pastor Mike Hoover, and we are broadcasting live from sunny, warm southern Indiana, and we welcome you to the program this evening.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.